This culture of constantly striving for excellence is what I believe sets the NYPD apart. We welcome reform, but we also believe that meaningful reform starts from within. Regarding the deployment of precinct level and PSA level anti-crime units, these are the plainclothes units that operate our traditional anti-crime. Effective immediately, we will be transitioning those units, roughly 600 people citywide, into a variety of assignments, including Detective Bureau, Neighborhood Policing, and other assignments. Another day in New York City, and another day rough for the cops. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And there you heard it, Police Commissioner Dermot Shea talking about disbanding the anti-crime unit. That was uh, one of uh, really two major stories involving the police yesterday. I can tell you this, uh, Bernard, I was watching that show Gravesend I was telling you about yesterday. My friend William DeMeo, he's going to stop by this show on Thursday. And um, four, four episodes in all, you can watch on Amazon Prime. It really is a very good show. It, it is much like The Sopranos, except a Brooklyn setting instead of New Jersey. And I was watching it. Which, by the way, is going to feature Sid Rosenberg in the very near future. Very near future, once they get back to shooting in Brooklyn, which I think will be next month. But um, in episode two, Bo Deedle is, is in the episode. He's actually, they've got a bookmaking room, and he's running the phones in the room. So he's play, he plays like the, you know, the head bookie, if you will. And um, so I texted Bo last night, and I said, uh, Bo, you're, you're in Gravesend. You're great. I, I actually spoke to the creator, the director, the star, William DeMeo. He wants me to be in it, too. And about two minutes later, my phone rings about 6.30 last night, and it's Bo Deedle. And all he wanted to talk about was this story. Then, of course, um, I got to the Instagram page of Bernard Carrick, former NYPD commish, who joined you and I yesterday, Bernard. And uh, he says, he's got a picture here, which dates all the way back to 1986, of him and a couple of the guys, I guess. And here's Bernie Carrick's Instagram, an end to an era, hashtag NYPD disbands, one of the most productive units in the history of the department in taking guns off the streets and responding to hot jobs. It's him, a guy named Billy Davis, and a guy named Phil McCabe. So uh, between Bo Deedle's phone call last night and Bernard Carrick's Instagram post last night, you know that uh, some of our great cops are very upset about this latest development. Very, very upset. Uh, I've spoken to a couple of guys who worked uh, the anti-crime unit uh, in a, and, and a man who was the police chief, uh, Joe Esposito. Look, these guys were the on-the-scene, undercover cops, plain clothes. They were on the scene, and that's how they were able to actually stop crimes and, and arrest people in the commission of crimes because there were no, there were no uniform police. In other words, now they're going to become detectives, or they're going to go back into uniform, so you won't have the uh, the undercover plainclothes guys staking out a joint, arresting people on the spot. They'll have to come after the fact, and these guys were responsible for taking the guns off the streets 
and that which was huge, which was what contributed to the decline in in murders here by the thousands, yeah. by by a couple of thousand at the very least. But we're still so, going to have plainclothes cops. They but, won't tell you how many, right? Uh, it, it, I don't trust any of it. I mean, it's very suspicious that the uh, lazy slob De Blasio decided to call in sick yesterday and let Dermot Shea take this whole low rap. You mean call it, out sick? Yeah. Here, here is the uh, the bottom line: is uh, really. It's coming down to the inmates are actually running the asylum. That's is, what it comes down happening. to because, look. Uh, uh, this Brian, is a total cave-in. No cave question. Job. No question. And it goes back to George Floyd and Eric Garner because for folks that don't know, Daniel Pantaleo, the police officer on Staten Island, who eventually was fired in very cowardly fashion by former commissioner Jimmy O'Neill, he was part of this anti-crime unit. And, of course, he was responsible, if you will, for the quote-unquote killing of Eric Garner. So they mention that in every story. Here's an anti-crime yeah, unit right. cop that did Wait, that. What year did that occur, by the way? That was, I believe, 2014. Yeah, right. A long time Six ago. Six years ago. I mean, ago. they keep citing like that one instance. Six uh, years ago, one cop. And they also they cite a disproportionate, uh, they have uh, uh, involved in a disproportionate number of shootings. That's because they're, in the, they're on the scene of the crime. That's right. They're in the battle. They're right there. They actually mention, for some reason, Brian Mulkeen, God rest his soul. You yeah. remember, he was the Queens cop that was gunned down friendly fire inside that phone store a couple of years ago. He was actually uh, from Yorktown Heights. Yeah, but what, 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 what he was killed by friendly fire yeah. what, what, in, in, in a robbery attempt at a Queens uh, telephone he was, store. He was trying to take a gun off a guy right. in, the, in the Mount Eden housing projects in the Bronx. In the Bronx, words, I'm sorry. Trying to protect the neighborhood from a criminal with a gun. No, I think it was, it was a store. It was an AT&T. It was a phone store where Brian Mulkeen was killed. I, uh, two separate incidents. I think the Mulkeen one is more frequent, but a couple years ago, the one in Astoria, Queens, is what you're thinking okay, of. Okay, fine. Where, but, the gun, where they were trying to get the gun. It wasn't an actually a gun. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Either way, they weren't doing something. It wasn't like Eric Garner ending up dead. I don't understand it. So, so I just uh, again, you have that one story was six years ago. But but this is that, that's what this well, is. This is basically Pantaleo killed Eric Garner, and since George Floyd died, they want more and more blood. And this kind of kind of relates to that. That one story out of uh, out of thousands and thousands and thousands of interactions and great jobs by these cops. Well, it comes at a great time, too, doesn't it? Uh, disbanding the anti-crime unit responsible for getting guns off the street. In the midst of, uh, right now, shootings are up 25%. Murders and shootings are up both up 25%. So at this time, uh, Dermot Shea decides to fall on his sword. Clearly, this is a de Blasio decision. He's just being, uh, you know, de Blasio's stooge and I don't know how long he's going to last, but uh, but but this is no time to be disbanding the anti-crime. Uh, this unit. is the worst this time. Is, this is uh, this is an unbelievable cave job and another overreaction to the George Floyd murder and uh, a cave in to the Black Lives Matter uh, Antifa this, uh, defund the police uh, movement is what it is. We heard a couple of weeks ago there were rumors two Sundays ago that uh, Dermot Shea and Terrence Monahan. All these guys uh, had some screaming match with Bill de Blasio. They cursed him out. And the rumors were swirling, not last Sunday, the Sunday before, that uh, these guys were all about to quit. They had had enough, and they were about to quit. They even started naming names, guys like Ben Tucker, Rodney Harrison, Juanita Holmes, young lady, uh, may replace these guys. And if any of that is true, and I think it, there was some truth to it, so did you think that was the case. Now, 10 days later, another opportunity for Demad Shea to kind of stand up and say, I'm not doing this. I, I am not doing this. And instead, he, like you said, he falls on his sword, he caves in. 
So this may be two cave-in jobs in the last 10 days by Dermache. And you know who it hurts. This is, uh, this is taking away uh, a proactive policing. This hurts the people in the quote-unquote hood, in the inner city, the innocent people in the city, because that's where the crimes are committed. That's where most of again, the, the guy with the gun in the Mount Eden projects, they cite the Mulqueen case. This is where the, the guns and the shootings are rampant. And this takes that away, the proactive policing. The Ferguson effect is in full effect now with the, uh, the, the help of the brass. The brass is actually dismantling this proactive policing. Not that these, these guys were already reluctant to, do, to, to, to engage in proactive policing. Now the brass is making it official. You know what? Just kick back. Yep, We're going to disband you, yep. and that's that. That is that. 600 cops will be uh, reassigned. And again, talking to guys like Bo Deedle, Bernie Carrick. Our two friends, by the way, who used to come visit us, yes, they the were part guys. of that anti-crime unit. Out of Marine Park, those guys, yes. Bo will be on today talking about this. And again, he's really fired up. The second story involving police last night was my favorite burger place, a place that I go to often. I, have, I make that 10-block walk up to Columbia University by 115th and Broadway. Shake Shack, if you haven't seen this, Three cops went to the Shake Shack in Midtown Manhattan yesterday. All three ended up in the hospital last night. Uh, they got shakes, you know, milkshakes, which is part of the beauty there. The burgers are great. The cheese fries are great and the shakes. And uh, I guess it turns out that there was bleach, bleach inside these shakes. So whoever was working at this specific Shake Shack in Manhattan clearly Find out, found out the cops were coming in. They wanted the shakes and dumped bleach into their shakes. Well, My I God. mean, this is really literally just broke in the last uh, hour or so. Uh, the police have put out a statement. Rodney Harrison has put out a statement, a uh, tweet. There was uh, no criminality involved. No criminality? In, in other words, yeah. It was an accident? They're saying it, it was an accident. And honestly, I don't, I don't know which is worse, by the way. It, uh, intentional, I guess, is worse. But if it's accidental, I mean, how many others? But how, how could it be accidental? The uh, police yeah, fell into you know the what? shake? I don't and understand. By the way, it's not the that, first. That's like saying that, you know, he walked into the no, night no, 17 it, times. They were, uh, <laughs> it was uh, something to do with their, their uh, cleaning malfunction. This, this is the argument. This, I'm just telling you what Rodney uh, Harrison put out in the past hour. I don't buy it. No, I don't necessarily buy it. It happened out in Queens as well uh, about six months ago, six to eight months ago. Same thing. They called it an accident. I mean, why is it uh, happen to be guys in, dressed in blue That's in their the problem. uniforms? Right. These are the folks that are under attack every day in this country. And all of a sudden, accidentally, bleach ends up in their milkshakes. They're out of the hospital, by the way. They, the cops did recover two. Of, they went back to the scene, recovered two of their cups. So they've been investigating it all night long. And the cops are going to be fine. But that's the status of it right now. All right. Bo Dieter, like I said, uh, will join Bernie and I coming up at 740. Former New York Jet and Oakland Raider. He actually won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 15. That Raider win over the Philadelphia Eagles with the Raiders. Burgess Owens, he, he's terrific. We often talk about Candace Owens and, and uh, some of the folks that uh, you've been talking about lately. Some of the African-American oh, men and women. Shelby Steele. Great. Uh, Thomas Sowell. Yes, great. A lot of these Burgess guys. is one of those guys that uh, is an African-American conservative and he's, he's kind of sick and tired of what's going on out there. And R Roger Goodell overnight, he came out and he said that he encourages. There's actually audio, a video of him uh, in, in, from his basement, just like a la Joe Biden. Yeah. Saying that I encourage teams to hire Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, said, which, said that overnight. Which, again, doesn't make sense because... 
he, has, he hasn't played football in many, many years. Now, again, when he was basically kicked out of the league and blackballed, he can still play, and he should have still played. But now he is years removed from the game. I know he stays in great shape. He works out at Chelsea Piers as a little apartment in Tribeca. But he's years removed from the game. So I don't know at this but, point if he can play or not. So for the fact that, that, that Roger Goodell is, is encouraging and urging owners to sign a player that may not be able to play really goes to show you how sickening the NFL is. How, 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 how much they're bending over. How, how emasculated, castrated, neutered. God. And uh, just, uh, just, just spineless is what, what they, everybody's becoming. Everybody from Drew Brees to Dermot Shea to Roger Goodell. Everybody. And I'm sure there's plenty that I'm missing right now. Uh, and, and all the Democrat ma- males, uh, Joe Biden, the rest of them. It's what I said yesterday when we were talking to Bernie Kerrick. And I said, I feel like we're losing the war. And he said, well, you are. You are losing the war. He said, we can change that. Of course, you've got to vote other people into office, which is easier, easier said than done, especially in this city and in this state. You know, it, it is dark right now. It really is. It's, no, it's, it's light out. It, it, no, yeah. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and some dark people either. say it's, it's darkest <laughs> before the dawn. But November, November will make or break this nation. Well... Let's uh, let's hope it goes the right way. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, Tuesday morning with Bernie and Sid, and we are thrilled you guys are here. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Download it right now, folks. Uh, you know, I mentioned that uh, the slob de Blasio called in sick on a Monday. Maybe somebody sprinkled his weed with dust. Who knows? And it just uh, overwhelmed him. And he couldn't make it in on Monday. I don't know. He just couldn't. But he sent uh, Dermot Shea out to do his dirty work, A. And B, uh, it turns out that he's telling these uh, contact tracers that we hired here. It's costing the city $5 million. They get paid $60,000 a pop. He told them that when you go out and, uh, and, and find these people who have had coronavirus or have coronavirus, and you're asking them about where they've been and what they've done, don't ask them if they showed up at a protest. Do not ask them if they were protesting, rioting, looting. That is not allowed. How does that make any sense? What do you mean that's not allowed? It's not that, just what I said. It's just not allowed? I, not allowed because uh, that would be, I don't know, racist? I, I just don't know. There's no explanation. It is a summary instruction to uh, the contact tracers who make, again, 60000 What a waste of Look, uh, the front page of the New York Post, it, it, it actually is it's, it's entitled Sick Hypocrisy. And what they're focusing on really are two... Uh, well, two tweets from NBC News. One says, this is fine. And they show a picture of the black trans lives matter crowd out in Brooklyn. I mean, they literally had, oh, it looks like almost 10,000 people at this uh, march on, on uh, Sunday, I believe it was. And uh, then they say, this is dangerous, talking about a Trump rally. And that's what NBC tweeted uh, and over an hour apart. A rally for Black Lives, Trans Lives Matters drew packed crowds to Brooklyn Museum Plaza. Stop. Full stop. That's it. That's the NBC News tweet. An hour later, President Trump plans to rally his supporters next Saturday for the first time since most of the country was shuttered by the coronavirus. But health experts are questioning that decision. That's NBC News and the front page of the New York Post actually highlights that this morning to their credit. But, uh, yeah, all kinds of hypocrisy flying uh, all over the place. And uh, by the way, speaking of that Tulsa a rally that he's going to hold Saturday night, he moved it from Friday 
to Saturday because Juneteenth is uh, Friday. Well, it turns out Saturday is some sort of uh, uh, anniversary of a horrible murder in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Who, who knew? But they're hammering the president for that. Well, well he get, kept it Saturday, though, right? He's going to keep it on Saturday. By the way, the National Football League, talking about Roger Goodell and um, how he's, you know, caved. They, uh, they're actually going to start um, observing oh, Friday, June 10th you know, as a holiday. And I, I, mis, I misspoke. I said that the, the rally was on the same day as some, some important event. I'm, yeah. I, I meant to say his uh, RNC acceptance speech. Oh, okay. It's on the same day as some uh, horrible thing happened to blacks in the past. Okay. Like something, uh, some axe murders. Uh, some, I, I don't, know, don't know exactly what it is, but I will say this. That's the one in Jacksonville. That's right. Okay. But I will, Obama's acceptance speech, August 28th of 2008, was the same day. August 28th was the day that Emmett Till was killed. Nobody said boo. Let's go to David in Greenpaint, Brooklyn, Sydney. David, you're on the Bernie and Sid show. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bernie and Sid. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you, bro. I just wanted to comment on these police shootings, um, something that no one seems to be touching on. What's preceding them is, is an occurrence that's happening more and more. Suspects violently resisting arrest. I mean, if they just complied, a lot of them would still be alive. And, you know, it's terrible if someone gets losing their life, but if you looked at Eric Gardner, if he would have complied, he'd be alive. Well, he didn't, again, Eric Garner, George Floyd, they didn't die from police shootings. They were in... Uh they were, you know, the police had them obviously gone or choked, uh, choked to death and, and uh, George Floyd knee Listen. on the neck to death. But neither one of those guys died from a quote unquote police shooting. And, and, and Mr. Floyd was not uh, resisting arrest. So. No, hey, listen, you got to leave George Floyd out of yeah. this conversation completely. No. There was some new uh, uh, video released of people imploring the police standing to by to stop. Yeah. It, it is heartbreaking. The guy was dead on the, he was clearly dead. And this sadistic bastard, uh, Chauvin, kept his knee on his neck. It was horrible. Horrible, horrible. That guy deserves the death penalty. What are you, what, what well, are you rolling no, your eyes no, about? No, I'm just tired of the whole thing. I'm sorry. Well, look, I'm telling yeah, you, I agree you got to leave George I, listen, Floyd. I agree he deserves a death penalty. He did a terrible thing. It blah, was blah, blah, a bad. It was, I I, know, if you see this video, yeah. uh, the way they I were. I saw the video, I gotta, but i got to drive by Times Square every morning and see a life-size thing of George Floyd and a Black Lives Matter. And my issue was, again, uh, for the millionth time, it was terrible. It was awful. I, 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 all but all he's, he's become the face. Don't of, put George Floyd and Eric Garner in the same breath. You shouldn't, but he's become the face. Of the of the basic ruination of the country, and I'm no, just listen, not sure he's worthy of that. I, I don't know which overreaction was worse the the one to the George Floyd uh, murder, right. or the one to the coronavirus. I mean, the, both overreactions have done tremendous damage to this country. That's right. That is true. However, what I said still stands. I mean, I saw that videotape yesterday, and it was horrible. I mean, the guy was dead. Yeah. He was dead, yeah. and this this prick was kept his neck on his his knee on his neck. Yeah. Six forty on your Tuesday morning. Back here on the Burning and Sid in the Morning Show, Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Hero cop and great actor Bo Deedle will be here next hour, and former New York Jet, Oakland Raider, and Los Angeles Raider defensive back, Super Bowl champion Burgess Owens will be here in the in the eight o'clock hour. Before we get to these phones, all lit up and ready to go at one eight hundred eight four eight WABC one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Now the new annoying uh, celeb out there. You know, the quick story about celebs. So um, last week, the I guess it was Thursday or Friday, they were holding this. 
big celebrity dinner one night last week. John Legend was in charge, him and his uh, skanky wife. And um, Barbara Streisand was going and Joe Biden. And it was all about uh, defunding the police. <laughs> so, uh, so I put on my Twitter page that morning, at Sid Rosenberg, my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg, and my Instagram page, Sid Rosenberg, that morning, we should start to defund celebs instead of defunding the police. Long story short, former New York Yankee pitcher Tanya Sturtz, he lives down in Boca Raton, Florida. He listens to us, and he follows me very closely on social media. Sends me a text that morning. He goes, man, I love this idea. He's a big Trump guy, you know, like us. Um, I love this idea, and, you know, my partner, he makes shirts up in New York City, and I want to make this a shirt. This is like last Thursday. I go, okay, Tanya, have fun with it. What the hell? I go, let me pay for it. I don't want you to pay for it. He goes, no, 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 I got it, I got it. So I get a text about 8 o'clock last night. What's your address? I'm like, why? You inviting me to your kid's christening or something? He's like, no, the shirts are done, and I want to ship them to your apartment in New York. I go, you really made those shirts up? You really? He goes, yes, 1,000 defund the celebs shirts that will go to Bernie and Sid because we got an overwhelming response on social media from our listeners. They love it. So we're going to get the shirts in a couple of days and give them out to folks. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the sentiment. Uh, but I will say this. You have to actually, to defund the celebs, you have to actually walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Well, which I don't, so. I am, I am a complete hypocrite. Okay, thank you. No, I just wanted to point oh, that please, out. Please, please, I'm watching Pete Davidson movies. All right, I'm, I'm still defending go. Howard Stern. I'm once glad you're, at least oh, you're acknowledged. Total hypocrite. But one guy that is getting on my nerves is Michael Strahan. I loved him as a football giant. We know this. So he's been uh, on his social media, much like Victor Cruz, the former giant wide receiver. When you go to their Instagram pages, almost every day now there's some, you know, there's some poster. Floyd uh, or, or somebody, I, I, you know, so something, some injustice that's, uh, that's gone on. You know, of course, Michael's had a, a very difficult life. You know, um, poor guy. He's, he's only making about $100 billion a year, you know. Uh, it's a, to, you know, domestically uh, divorces and uh, child yeah. support, a lot of, uh, you know. That, but but other, I mean, you, you're kidding when he said he had a, a very difficult life. I'm kidding. He made a ton of money with the Giants. He effed around all over the city. That was his, his choice. So, yeah, he had to be, had to be, he got divorced and he got involved in a nasty battle and he was on page six and he had a couple of rough years financially, but... He's the king of the world, but he bitches and complains all the time now, too, about injustices. And he kind of, he was in some meeting or some interview, I don't know. It, was, he, a, it was a meeting with ABC executives right. addressing uh, racial grievances in the wake of some uh, executive who said something that was racially insensitive. Right, and they do those, I guess, weekly now. They do them all the time. And I guess he intimated in this meeting that, uh, without saying uh, Kelly's name or without saying live, that he went through some of this stuff when he was, in fact, Kelly Ripper's uh, partner, he said, I, wanted, I was supposed to be the co-host, not the quote-unquote sidekick, and he said he was afraid to speak up because uh, I guess he's black. So, <laughs> As a black man, he, he didn't, in his words, he didn't want to be seen as threatening. All right. And he thinks, uh, you know, again, he was afraid to speak up because he was a black man. I mean, give me a break. What, I mean, what do you just, just speak your mind. What the hell's going to happen? What do you think this is? You're, you're, you're like uh, you're, you're six, 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 seven. You weigh 300 pounds or 250. I mean, I, I, maybe that's why he's buck tooth. He sucks his, his thumb. Oh, he's, maybe he's that's a little why. snowflake. That's right. He never maybe got the braces. Maybe that's, that's the, uh, <laughs> the reason why he has that gap tooth and the buck teeth. Come on, big number 92. Come on. You're not fooling anybody. Be a man. 
Big, uh, talking about big Josh Organbaum checks. Afraid of Kelly Ripper. I know. Jesus. Please get me a double XL in that deep one celeb shirt. Josh, we got you. Kelly Ripper, right. All four foot eight of her. I mean, know? come on. Just speak your mind. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I was afraid to say something in the meeting. And yeah. I think it's because I was black. Yeah, what please. are you kidding me? He, he was afraid. First of all, he, he got the job with Good Morning America, which made his exit even better because he got a better job making more money. You know, it's, it's not like you had to take a step backwards. He, yeah, he, he, right. got, he got a better job making more money. A much anyway. better job. Yeah, he's annoying. And he's, he's all over the place. And again, we, I, I liked him. He'd been on with him a million times. He was on with us. I know. But, uh, no, uh, we we no. enjoyed his, uh, the interview with I him. I mean, but, listen, uh, if, he was, if he comes on tomorrow, I'm going to tell him how great he is. That's because I'm a phony. But the truth is, he's annoying the hell out of me. I mean, of course, I'll tell him he's great. Hey, what is with you? What do you want me to do? What am I going to uh, do? How about a little, uh, you know, backing up, having the courage of your convictions? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I mean, well, these empty tweets and these T-shirts. No, no, these are real tweets. I get I aggravated know, but they, at the time. They don't mean anything. If, of course I mean, not. What am I going to do? Change my whole life and walk around pissed off and miserable because no, John Legend is having you, dinner you, you with Joe Biden? You don't have to be pissed off and miserable. You can just uh, boycott some of the people. No, I can't. When no, you no, say no. defund the celebs. Yeah. That's exactly what it means. It means you have to not uh, patronize them and consume their products. All of them? Every single one of them? If you say that. I don't no. I mean, wasn't that your intent? Well, I just liked it. Well, it was my intent for that one second, but I move on. I'm, I'm, I'm good like that. I, I can just move no, on. No, I would say you're bad like no, that. No, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. I meant to say something it, it's, else. It's, it's called integrity. Oh, enough of that, please. Integrity. Who needs that, right? I mean, but that's, that's another thing that's overrated, integrity. <laughs> God, <laughs> give me a break. Uh, uh, what was that? And I was thinking about something I wanted to tell you, too, about another celeb, where, where again, I'm showing how uh, hypocritical Another celeb. Yes, a very hypocritical on my part, I must say. But you I don't remember that it, so. scumbag Howard Stern? Well, yeah, well, that's fine. Fine. He's, he's, oh, oh, is that it? I'm trying to spur no, your memory. No, no, no. no okay, no, somebody we, else. We did the Howard thing yesterday. So. Well, I he, know he's back today. Yeah, he's back yeah. today. Yeah. Now, but he didn't make any live appearances. I was on his radio show yesterday. That's right. That's okay, right. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's grab a phone call here. <laughs> Very funny back and forth. Here's a George in uh, You Suck It, Long Island, on line one. Good morning, George. Bernie and Sid, how are you? Hello. Good. Hello, George. Great to, be, great to be speaking to you guys. I, said, you know, I listen to you all the time, and I'm on my way to the golf course because I happen to be a retired NYPD inspector uh, of 31 and a half years. And, Thank um, you for that. Love your show, and as I said, just a, a quick comment with regard to the uh, disbanding of the plainclothes units, the anti-crime and things like that. You know, um, I was a precinct commander in Brooklyn over three commands for uh, eight and a half years. Um, and my last stint there, I was the uh, borough commander of uh, Brooklyn's narco vice and gang units. And, uh, you know, those were all plainclothes. And I have to be honest with you, you know, our job is you know, as police officers, is to protect the people, obviously. But, you know, um, with the policemen themselves, we have to look out for them. And I, I was golfing over the weekend with my old partner and one guy that's still a current member of the NYPD, and I said, you know, with all this stuff going on, I'm like, if this happened and I was a precinct commander, even before uh, Commissioner Shea gives his uh, edict of uh, we're going to be disbanding them, I have to be honest with you, I would have taken them out of plain clothes in a heartbeat just to protect them. Uh, because, fair you enough. Know what? That's, that's a, because, go ahead. Because like, I got to be honest with you. You know, you watch the police officers all over the country. As things, as the, the baloney is hitting the fan, everybody runs away. We run towards it. And I have to be honest with you. With the current administration and the way they want to do things, to run towards the issues 
is not what you should be doing right now with this administration. Hmm. So interesting. Inter- very interesting. So yeah. the whole movement really uh, hurts the innocent, good people in these 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 crime stricken neighborhoods. Of course, where these pr- cops will not be proactive to uh, the, the inspector's point. No. And yeah, so maybe there is some of that thinking going on with uh, Dermot Shea and the rest of the police. Is like, you know, guys. Like, okay, you, you, if a crime happens, right. give us a call and we'll come and check it out. And, right. But we're not going to be there. We're not going to be proactive. We're not going to try to prevent it. We're not going to be on the spot and arrest a guy and get ourselves in uh, perhaps more di- uh, a deep doo-doo because of the creeps out there who uh, won't protect us. Yeah, so in the end, it may uh, turn out to be better. Of course, you could always send a social worker out there. Yeah, that, that's the idea of the folks who want to defund the police, which is really laughable and ridiculous. By the way, that's, that's part, of, uh, a, a part of President Trump's police reform. He's going to sign an executive order today that may include something uh, along those lines. Well, well, the, the, well, the social workers would be included, but he's not, he would not be uh, defunding or dismantling Oh, no, no, police, no, no, but, no. Right, no. Okay. I got you, right. Here's uh, Richard in Wilmington, Delaware, on line six. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Bernie and Sid. Thanks for confronting this mass hysteria with uh, all your wisdom and insights. I want to let you know, on Sunday, uh, Flag Day, I took my kids out to Valley Forge National Park. Nice. As we went through the trail, there was a group of flags in the middle of the woods. Wow. And they said, Dad, what's that all about? And I said, we're going to stop and remember those are Americans that made it possible for us to go through this park for free. So all these people want to protest during the national anthem. they got to remember how those flags decorate graves, obviously decorate caskets. And here's what I want to say. I think uh, Kaepernick and the others have to consider. Why are you insisting on protesting on company time, on company property, in company uniforms. You know, who of us WABC listeners could go to work and organize a protest on company time and property? Yeah, but here's the problem. The company they work for, headed by Roger Goodell, is at the point now where they're encouraging this. So they're, they're not yeah. mad about it. They're, Forget about Kaepernick. They're not mad. It's, it's, uh, your, your point is very well taken, and it's right on the money. And that argument has never changed since Kaepernick started it. But the people who have to... Uh, Buy into that argument, these uh, these cowards, these spineless, emasculated, the Roger Goodells, Drew Breeses, J.J. Watts, people like that. These are the guys who have to stand up for the flag. But they're not. And people like that are like 70% of the National Football League. You mentioned three names, uh, but the, the overwhelming majority of black and white players in the NFL... Uh, say that it is, is, it is, is the exact opposite of being disrespectful. It's exactly what our brave men and women die for, for the freedoms to do that type of thing. I find it incredibly disrespectful. You do. We've had servicemen in here who have lost limbs that find it disrespectful. But every time I name one, somebody on social media names another guy, hey, well, I bought and I had 15 guys around me, and you're just wrong. We think no, it's completely uh, listen, okay. They, they have, uh, without a doubt, they have the right to burn the flag. Uh, I, I will inform you, they can burn the flag on Fifth Avenue if they like. Or they can wipe down toilets but on Coney the, Island like the, they did last Sunday. The callers, well, not that. That's uh, on, 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 on city time. That's oh. a little different. But the caller's point is that you're on company time. The, the company has the right to tell you that you can't do it on my time as my employee. Right. You can't do it. And but, that's the point. And but that's they're not doing that. Goodell and the rest of them are just caving, the, right. caving to the mob. Well, that's why in this scenario, that, that you're right. It would be great if the company said, hey, you can't do that. But they're not. So. And the players as well. They, they're right. terrified, terrified of the mob right now. They are either terrified or they've actually bought well, in. Yes. Which is, I think J.J. Watt, uh, knowing J.J. and the way he's talked for years, he's not terrified. He bought in. 
Drew Brees, terrified. He yeah. caved a couple, last yeah. week. But uh, guys like J.J. Watt, don't, they buy it. Don't underestimate the, uh, the, the fear that the mob instills in some of these guys, even a tough guy like J.J. Uh, Watt. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Bo Deedle coming up next hour, talking about the National Football League, former New York Jet, Oakland Raider, and Los Angeles Raider Super Bowl champion, defensive back Burgess Owens. He'll be here in the 8 o'clock hour. Lots more to do on this Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the morning. We are black here on the Bernie and Sid Show. everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. I think we all feel that way these days, huh? I think so. Yeah. A little bit, uh, a little too much stuff going on. <laughs> I would say so. And, uh, you know, this uh, maybe uh, that's why the slob... De Blasio, his lazy ass, uh, called in sick yesterday. Maybe he's, he's just had it up to – he couldn't answer questions. You know what he's – he's targeting uh, the uh, Jews in Brooklyn oh. for standing outside, uh, you know, watching a funeral procession. And yet uh, on Sunday, of course, you have almost uh, – it had to be almost 10,000 people in Brooklyn standing – I mean, packed together. Uh, talk about uh, coronavirus fears. If, if you want to talk about it, I, I have no fears of them. But if, if people like de Blasio want to target the, the Jews for standing outside and watching a procession, how are you going to ignore the, uh, you the, the, that crowd? You Very can't. So, so what do you do? You, you, on the, the day that the anti-crime uh, unit is disbanded and on the day after the Black Trans Lives Matter protest goes down, you call in sick. Yeah, the, uh, talking about the Jews, my, uh, my brethren yesterday, cutting open these locks in the parks. In I the love it. Park. I that love was it. great. They've been doing it uh, uh, like 30 times already. Yeah. Uh, back and forth, back and forth. They can't let the kids play in the park, but you can go out and loot. You can go out and riot. Right, you can go no out more. and protest. Done. But the kids can't play in the park, especially the Jewish kids. I mean, de Blasio's got to stick up his butt for the... Uh... Well, it's not just him. It's, it's the governor, too. He, he's aware yeah, of what's going right. on. that's right. That's right. I agree. You know, and the, governor, the governor the has more power than the mayor. Just like the president said, look, they, uh, a lot of these blue states, uh, they got orders to slow this thing down. Again, it's all about November. I, 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 buy, I buy into a lot of that. It's about November. I'm sitting there, yeah, you know... I will uh, withdraw some of these phases. We'll go back to phase one in the uh, other counties. I mean, shut the hell up, Il Duce. This thing is over. You've been exposed. He's sitting there on the, uh, the, the Mario Cuomo bridge. He names after Daddy. I know, please. I'll I'm, tell you, I got so jealous last night. Uh, my wife, Danielle, is down in, in Florida. She's taking care of some business for us while I'm here with the kids. So she called me, actually FaceTimed me last night from a, uh, one of my favorite places. I lived in Boca for 16 years, a Japanese restaurant that we used to go to all the time together as a family. She's in there last night with her friend Lisa and Lisa's kids. And like a normal human being, she was in a restaurant having dinner in South Florida in Boca. She left that place and went to an ice cream Listen, place, got coffee and dessert. They sat down the like normal people. Right. And there's a, there's a ton of people in South Florida and a ton of old people in South Florida. Yet Danielle Rosenberg can go to a restaurant and an ice cream place last night. And I still have to stand outside to get a cup of coffee. The bottom line is that uh, people like this uh, dummy Cuomo, this, this, this guy who's never had a, a, a legitimate job in his life. And all the jobs he's had, he's got because of daddy. Uh, the bottom line is that the coronavirus and the economy have to coexist. If you have these comorbidities, stay home. But we cannot shut down the economy. We just can't. It destroys too many lives itself, too many livelihoods. 
It's turning New York really uh, into uh, just a ghost town. Detroit, it's going to become. And the same thing goes with, I mean, they're going after President Trump. Uh, he, he says they're COVID shaming him. This was a CNN report last night. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Listen to this. Thousands will gather Saturday night in Tulsa to listen to the most famous non-mask wearer oh, in the country, yeah. President oh. Donald Trump. Non-mask wearer. COVID is here in Tulsa. It is transmitting very efficiently. Confirmed cases in the county just climbed 30% in a week. Blamed by the health department on large indoor gatherings. Yeah, super spreader gathering. I mean, none of that happened in any of the cities where any of the protests occurred. None of it. But it's ha- but, but we got to focus on Tulsa now because the president's going to be there. I mean, the hypocrisy is rank. It's, it's just, uh, I mean, it's almost tedious at this point to keep pointing it out. But there it is. You have it. And speaking of hypocrisy, uh, your friend Howard Stern. Oh, he- come on. You know, when, when I must died, uh, I just got to keep mentioning this. Uh, this is what he said. He said, he said, I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad he died. One less racist. That's what Howard Stern said about Imus when he died. Believe that or not. <laughs> he did say that. And then he wished that the Trump supporters would die. That would include me and maybe you. I don't know. I'm, depending on the day. Right. Today, uh, uh, yes. Then he was kissing uh, Hillary Clinton's ass, Rosie O'Donnell's ass. So I believe it was all that is a calculated uh, virtue signal on his part, hoping for immunity from the cancel culture from what he knew was coming, which was this, that someday he would be called to account for this blackface stuff that's been rampant. And, I mean, again, I only play it because just like the Ray Rice video, just like the George Floyd video, if you hear about it, you're like, oh, that's terrible. But if you see it or hear it, you're like, whoa, they they really said that? So take a listen. I hate blackface. I just can't get this shit off. <laughs> Besides, Whoopi done wrote everything I'm going to say here tonight, so it's all right. Ain't that right, you smelling? <laughs> I didn't write that. Well, you is a smelling. <laughs> I got some more jokes for your New Year's Eve party there. You're not tired of this. And don't be racially offended, because Whoopi done wrote them for me, okay? Here go we go. Ahead. Hey, Robin, what does you call a black rocket scientist? I don't know, Dad. <laughs> Whoopi wrote it. Whoopi. May I say something yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can say whatever you want, you smelling. Oh! <laughs> Whoopi wrote that. That's it, Ted. You didn't know I was going to say that. Whoopi had no chance to write it. I don't accept that kind of language. You can call her whatever you want, but you don't talk to me that way or I'll leave. Well, don't let the door hit you on your big black ass, mama, on the way out of here. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Now, Whoopi, you is a filthy <laughs> Now, she was actually upset at the time. You could tell Robin Quivers was upset. I mean, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. I can't even play the, the worst stuff that he said. The <laughs> more, it was unbelievable. I and know. plus the blackface that he wore was worse than the, what Sarah Silverman or Jimmy Kimmel ever put on. Much they, worse. They put it on. Yeah. But, uh, and Cern did go on The View at one point, and he lied to Whoopi and the gals. Listen to this. You use the N-word a lot. Um, you no, said, I really? didn't. I, I yeah. used the N-word. Yeah, he did. Wait a second. Hold on. I do. Wait, I say that. it. Whoopi, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Let, no, we had a guy on from the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. Who very freely used the N-word. Yes. And my belief was, hey, Say it out in the open. Yes. And le- I didn't use the N-word. Let's be I'm, very I'm, clear. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, so he knew it was coming. And, and that's why, I guess, all these years, he's become who he is, which is a sellout. And it may very well work. He may, uh, he may have bought himself immunity from the cancel culture. Who knows? 
But I mean to say uh, uh, he's glad Imus is dead. One less race. <laughs> well, I mean you talk about that's hip- not right. Uh, hypocrisy. Yeah, and it's not right at all. I no, mean, never speak ill. Just shut up. Yeah, the, the man died. Shut, shut your mouth. Oh, he killed him. You're a low life, uh, 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 punk scumbag, is what you are. And uh, listen, I, I don't like cancel culture at all. But with hypocrites like that wishing people like me dead, I wouldn't mind if they canceled his ass. And by the way. You can't say, you can, if they say, oh, it's satellite radio. I, I don't even know if it was satellite radio. It might have been at K-Rock days. But, uh, no, those, are the, those are the K-Rock days. Ask, ask um, yeah. Anthony, uh, uh, Anthony Cumia. No. You can't say racist stuff on satellite radio. You can say racy stuff, but you cannot say racist stuff. Ask uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Hispanic Rick, what's his name, who used to work for CNN. He, he, <laughs> Rick Sanchez. Rick Sanchez. Right. He said something about Jews on satellite radio. Well, okay. no, you're not immune from racial slurs just because you're on satellite radio. Oh, no, you clearly are. If you're Howard Stern, you can do whatever you want. So well, we'll see. You clearly are. We shall see. Uh, well, what's going to happen now? I don't know. Are they going to get rid of him? I have no the idea. guy's made billions of dollars. I mean, it, it, it kind of feels like even if they do at this point, what do they win? He's made billions and billions of dollars. Uh, I mean, I guess it, yeah, you I, don't want to go out that way, yeah, I guess. People, that's what a lot of people, the, it bothers them, their legacy. I mean, the, once they have the money, that novelty of that wears off. And then other things bother them. That's true. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You're but, right. Now, listen, they did take the uh, tape. You can't find them on YouTube and all that stuff, but you can go to the Bernie and Sid Twitter and Facebook page, and they're all there. They all took them the, down. And all their disgusting, uh, racist uh, 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 ugliness, they're all yeah. there. Howard Stern. What a jerk. God, I hate him. It's my Before we get to the great Bo Dino coming up at 740, again, I did speak to Bo last night. Watched him in Gravesend. Dr. William DeMeo will join us Thursday morning at 9.20. The writer, creator, director, and star of that show on Amazon Prime. And he's got a role for me. So we'll talk to William coming up on Thursday. Bo was great in that last night. Bo, of course, very upset about Dermot Shea and the NYPD disbanding the anti-crime unit. Bo and Bernie Carrick, both guys, very upset. We'll talk to Bo coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. Other stories, though, yesterday, Bernie. How about, how about Neil Gorsuch? Neil Gorsuch. Coming up big, you know, here's a guy that uh, Donald Trump obviously uh, put in there as a Supreme Court judge. He went through hell to get there, but he got in, and uh, here he is yesterday. Well, he didn't go through as much hell as Kavanaugh. Oh, excuse me, it was Kavanaugh, not Neil Gorsuch. Yeah. That's right. Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh. voted right. against this. He voted against this, but Neil Gorsuch voted for it, which is um, employers cannot fire somebody uh, if they're gay. They can't fire them. So Neil Gorsuch... Like, well, a very conservative guy, right? I mean, very surprising. Or was yeah. it not surprising? Uh, look, I, I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I don't follow uh, the Supreme Court. I mean, I would imagine that the conservatives would vote in lockstep. It's got to be, you know, the constitutional issues is what they are. And uh, they interpret them differently. But the liberals usually interpret it one way and the conservatives interpret it the other way and stick together. They didn't this time around. No. And uh, there's a history of... Uh, you know, these appointees uh, flipping while they're on the bench. And so, I don't know. Look, first of all, I didn't even realize that you could fire somebody because they were gay. I, I mean, I had me no either. idea. I know, me either. And why would you want to, anyway? I mean, if a guy's doing a good job, why would you want to fire yeah, him? because he's I'm, gay well, or, be, or, or lesbian or whatever the well, hell. Well, like. because uh, there, there are folks out there that are not tolerant to that type of stuff, obviously. We're not. We're good. We're fine. We don't care if you're gay. You want to get married. We don't, who cares? You know, not, we're, I mean, we're, both, I, we're both pretty uh, liberal when it comes to social issues, I think, you and I. 
I mean, I'm pro-choice. It, You're it, not. It but. had to do with the uh, 1964 Civil Rights Act. Does, uh, that were gays covered in the Civil Rights Act? I don't think they were named specifically in it, and so it's sort of a a rewriting of the Civil Rights Act. And uh, again, these these conservative judges, Gorsuch and the uh, the other one. Who was the other guy? It was uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh? Roberts. I think oh, it was John Roberts, Roberts uh, voted uh, he, he, along Gorsuch's lines, I believe. I believe Kavanaugh and uh, Thomas, they went the other way. Yeah. I thought. I thought John Roberts and uh, Neil Gorsuch were for, uh, excuse me, were against companies firing people based upon their sexual preference. Well, anyway, that's what it had to do with the Civil Rights Act and who it includes. They, yeah. de- they deemed that it includes gays. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, again, are, do gays get fired for that? I mean, if yeah, you hi- hire somebody do. in the first place, you know whether or not he's gay, right? I, I, maybe not. I don't know. Guys can hide it sometimes until they can't. Uh, another story. Hey, Meany, are you gay? <laughs> yeah. Another story yesterday that, You're fired. Um, <laughs> that got some play here in the city was uh, this poor girl, Tess Majors, who, of course, was the Baruch College freshman, who was stabbed to death, really grisly murder, uh, um, down by uh, Baruch College. She was killed in Morningside Park trying to buy some weed. Uh, long story short, her parents are really pissed. They're really pissed. Justifiably. Yeah, they're, they're like, this kid Davis, I guess he was the third uh, part of this crew that killed this girl. Uh, he, he's on videotape uh, confessing to it, and he no remorse. I mean, None. zero remorse. None. And they're pissed. They, they, what they said, I think the mother said was, you would think our daughter died in a car accident. Well, he she didn't a, die in a car accident. He got 18 months is what the, he got 18 the months. upshot is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, I guess he never touched her. Right? That was the, yeah, he was the, there, but he never touched her. Uh, you know, if you're uh, with uh, a gang of bank robbers, uh, it doesn't matter. If you're sitting outside in the lookout car uh, or whatever, you're just as guilty as the guy who goes in the so. bank. I, I, I couldn't. Uh, that's the law. You know, we talk about we we don't we couldn't care if they gave this uh, Minnesota police guy the electric chair. I feel the same way about these three kids. And by by the way, uh, I don't know. Did race have anything to do with it? Did we ever determine well, that? Well, here's what the what uh, what the issue becomes is that I get a lot of texts and emails and social media folks saying here's the double standard. Was she targeted because she was a white girl going up the steps? E- I mean, either did way, they ever, did they ever get to the bottom of it? it or it doesn't matter whether she was targeted hmm. or not. The All fact right. is, three black kids killed a white girl. Al Sharpton is not outside yelling and screaming about it, hmm. right? You haven't heard from Black Lives Matter, have you? I'm just axing. I'm just no. axing the question. Well, when I asked that same question, I was told yesterday on social media, again, you're missing the point. Oh. We are talking about police, civil servants. Yes, black people kill white people in the streets, and white people kill black people in the streets. We are talking specifically, we're angry about police because they're civil servants. And their job is to protect us, black people, just like white people. So the Tess Majors murder doesn't come into play when we're talking about what's going on in the country today. And I'm like, F you, it certainly does. <laughs> I mean, if it's, if it's racial, it's racial. Right. If you have, uh, if you have uh, three Arab guys uh, knocking uh, the uh, hat off an Orthodox Jew, that's a race. Whether or not they're law enforcement, which I'm sure they're not. I mean, that's a, that's, a race, that's a hate crime. Right, and, and we don't know, again, if they targeted her because she was white. We don't know. I'm, I'm asking no, the question. I mean, <laughs> did, did they ask them? Did they ask the kids? Do we know? I'm pro- doesn't matter well, to me. Did, maybe the issue didn't even come up, right? Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Who cares, right? Black kids yeah. killed a white girl. That's all I know. Who cares? Right. It doesn't matter. 18 months, this poor girl. And that's it. 18 <laughs> that's it. months. 
Her, her family's furious and they have every right to be. So, And they can't even be around here because of the whole COVID thing. So lots of these hearings are taking place on Zoom. And, you know, they, they want some blood, obviously, and from parents. totally being eclipsed by everything else. Correct. Everything. Correct. So uh, the good news is for test majors' parents, it wasn't eclipsed on the Bernie and Sid show. We, uh, we sympathize with you. We empathize with you. We feel your pain. And we just devoted four minutes of our morning show to your daughter, God rest her soul, and another injustice and double standard going on in New York and across this country today. And get ready of uh, more of these types of crimes now that the anti-crime unit has been disbanded. Well, we'll talk exactly about that, Bernard. Perfect transition with one of the great cops of all time, also a tremendous actor, and our dear, dear friend, Bo Deedle, making his regular Tuesday appearance. He's Coming up next. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. You know, regarding that uh, Bo Deedle's holding right now, we're going to go to him in a second. Regarding that Supreme Court decision. Yeah. uh, It has a lot of uh, ramifications. Uh, uh, Gorsuch, of course, and Roberts, we we were right. uh, They were the ones who voted with the liberals. Yeah. But uh, what the problem is that the, the questions that are asked, can a Catholic school deny employment to a teacher whose sexual lifestyle blatantly flouts millennia of Catholic moral teaching? Can an Orthodox Jewish day school refuse to hire a male teacher who self-identifies as a woman, contravening traditional teaching rooted in Genesis? And it, all, it will extend to uh, sex-specific bathrooms, locker rooms. In other words, oh boy. it threatens women. It, it threatens biological women whose rights Congress specifically set out to protect with that uh, aforementioned 1964 uh, Act, the Civil Rights Act. Uh, so, uh, so that's what's at stake. In Uh-oh. other words, they sold out. Yeah. They sold out to the mob, did Gorsuch God. and the Roberts. Now, I mean, now you're even getting the Supreme Court judges. Now you're going to, you're going to, they're going to, they may, it may lead to uh, the legalization, oh, the forced legalization oh. of biological men using no female good. locker rooms. No your, good. Your daughter's locker room. No good. On the Bernie and Sid show. <laughs> I just wanted to get that off my chest. All right. Uh, now, listen, we have a great uh, hero, hero cop, Bo Deedle, actor. Very uh, accomplished actor. Yeah. And he's also, he's been in Goodfellas. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, all kinds the, of. The Irishman. They made a movie about him. Uh, Gravesend. One, one tough cop. He's, he's really good. And, Every role he plays, he's very, very good. Anyway, he's, uh, he's got a lot to say this morning about the, the, what Dermot Shea and the NYPD and Mayor de Blasio are doing, dismantling the anti-crime unit here in New York City. 600-plus uh, cops. Good morning, Bo Dito. Good morning. I think this is going to be the most important time that I've ever spoken on your show. I've been up at 4.30 in the morning. People don't realize what just happened. I just got off the phone with Ben Tucker, the first deputy commissioner of the police department, who I came on the job with back in 1970. My problem with this, the anti-crime people, it's a voluntary force. The anti-crime people, the most active, the ones that are aggressive, the ones that just don't drive around with blinders on, not getting involved. They volunteer for one reason to help the communities, mostly in our minority communities. They're out there in unmarked cars, watching for the criminals, watching for the people carrying guns. Let's go back. 1970, we had a thing called the NAP Commission. The NAP Commission came out, and I, was, I just came on the job. During those years in 70, 71, and 72, 1970 and 1971, we had 11 cops killed one year, 13 cops killed the next year. A group called the BLA, kind of familiar, 
kill cops, what do I want, dead cops? Yeah, they had dead cops. This was during that time. And then all of a sudden they started this thing on Randall's Island called Citywide Anti-Crime, the street crime unit. I volunteered. And you had to volunteer to go in this. We are going to go all over the city to take out all the guys with guns, robberies on the streets. These guys went out there and they worked. The majority of the guns taken off the street were by the street crime unit. Over 200 guys, that's how many guys we had on there. And we took the majority of all the guns off the street in the whole city. These are the most active cops that you have, the cops that care, the cops that put their lives on the, on the line. Bobby Billadu, one of the cops that was doing a decoy, got his throat slashed from ear to ear. He then was out for a couple of months and came back on. I responded to 124th Street and 8th Avenue when he was shot in the head by an armed guy that he was chasing. These are the cops of this street crime unit, the anti-crime guys. This was all started anti-crime. And when the BLA was killing cops, they had us come in in plain clothes to follow the uniform cause. This was the advent of anti-crime. Then all of a sudden they asked for volunteers. What sick idiot would volunteer to be a decoy and go into a community that people get robbed at night, stabbed, shot, and all that, then we would dress up with theatrical makeup on and look like you had dry blood, and we'd go into the area to take the people that are robbing the community people out. Because I was a little white-looking, I used to put theatrical makeup on me to look Hispanic. So I'd fit into East Harlem. I'd have a suit on with a, with a briefcase. I'd get mugged by these little scumbags on the street, taking them off the street, guns. I was shot at. I was stabbed by a guy who committed murder, escaped from Attica, and I'm fighting with him. I never killed one person, so I could talk because I walked the walk. And I'm representing right now the most formidable part of the New York City Police Department are the anti-crime guys. They're the ones that care. They're the ones that go out there after the criminals. They're the ones that go out there and take the guns. As it is, stop and frisk was a great tool. It was overused, but it could be used in a scientific way to take guns off. In New York City today... It's jacking up 25% to shootings. The murders are up 25%. This, now you get rid of the anti-crime. You know what you have policing in New York? You have nothing. Because the majority of cops now are not going to get involved. And these were the active people that volunteered for anti-crime to take the criminals off the street. I just talked to Benjamin Tucker. I just talked to Benjamin yeah. Tucker, who was the first deputy commissioner. I said, Ben, please put me in any hearing with the city council, with the NYPD. Please, what you're doing now, you have to reverse it. This is, these are like the, 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 uh, the, the, the Navy SEALs of the police department, the ones that go out and get it done. Get rid of them, you get rid of the police department. I can't be more uh, outraged about this. And this friggin' Big Bird and Dermot Shea. He was sucking on his thumb when I came on the force. He was about two years old. He doesn't even know from it. And all those cops out there, all the anti-crime cops that died protecting the people, this community and this city, they all died in vain. Now you get rid of the greatest crime-fighting force that the New York City Police Department ever had. Because this is not, you didn't volunteer. You went in there because you wanted to fight crime. You wanted to go after people that were preying on New York City people, especially in our inner cities. Now what we want to do is we want to take the police away. Who's going to suffer? All our communities. Yeah. Where is the black leaders? Where are the black well, they, leaders? They, they, they don't, they don't exist. They don't, Bo, they don't exist. Here's a question for you, though. Somebody called earlier because we started the program talking about Dermache, and we said he basically caved to Bill de Blasio, and that's why de Blasio called out sick yesterday, and Dermache did this. He caved to the mob as well. Right, and some caller called in and said, wait a second, maybe consider this. Maybe consider that Dermache was sick and tired of his guys 
uh, you know, and have, not having the protection they really need, not having the backs of the folks that run this city. And maybe in the end he was doing some of these guys a favor by actually disbanding this, this unit because guys like Daniel Pentaleo, they get fired for basically doing their job with Eric Garner. You think there's any possibility that that's true? Listen to me. All I say is this. They, uh, I was talking with the first deputy commissioner. They were talking about statistics, all these statistics. Are you going to have more statistics for someone getting involved doing their job? Absolutely. You're not going to have any statistics with the cops that are driving around with blinders on, not getting involved with, uh, against the criminal. You're not going to have any statistics because they ain't doing nothing. The only ones that are going to get in trouble, and David Dirk said to me, David Dirk, he's dead now. He was the one that was behind Serpico, brought him to the New York Times during the afternoon. He said to me, Bo, 10% of the police department does all the work. The other 90% go on there to get their pension, get hurt, get a disability, get off not getting involved. But the kids that are out there, men and women, that get out there and they join the anti-crime to go out there after the real criminals in the areas, the minority areas, the high crime areas is where they saturate. Now all of a sudden, you're not going to have any unmarked cars. You're going to have a police car with lights, with lights on. Hey, here I have the cops. Don't right. rob them now. Here comes the cops. This is the most ridiculous no, no, it's thing stupid. I've ever heard. But, but, but again, to Sid's point, uh, maybe th- that is the Ferguson effect, that no more proactive policing. Uh, the cops are making a conscious decision oh, to say I we're not going to do it. I got an idea. The next thing Dermot Chase should do is take guns away from the cops. <laughs> take the guns away. Take the guns away from the police. Only leave the scumbags roaming the streets that are going to rob you and your family. Leave them with the guns and take the guns away from the cops. What point are we going to stop this insanity? This may is a fool. And Dermot Shea, I tell you the truth, if he was a man, he would turn his badge and say, you be the police commissioner. Or bring in Al Sharpton. Let him be the... Where is this scumbag for all the blacks that are killed in Chicago? Where is this scumbag for all the people that are dying? All he cares about is dividing this country. This scumbag should be in Chicago doing demonstrations against black on black. I brought the numbers out. Mm-hmm. 7,500 blacks were killed by other blacks across this nation in 2019. The minor- the, the, there was 10 blacks unarmed. At a 10 million arrest that was shot. Where is the systematic thing? If anything, there's a systematic killing of cops. We had 80-something cops that were killed across this country in 2019. This is all bull crap. And you know what it is? It's all jump on. And all my sports figures, all my rich black friends, why are you guys getting together and getting into the communities? we got to get to the root. And the root is the young black males that are in the communities. we got to work with them. we got to show them big brother cops. Now nobody wants to be a cop. Everybody wants to, you know, when kids were younger, oh, yeah, I want to be a policeman. Now it's like, oh, you want to be a policeman? That's brutalization, and they're bad people. Bull crap. You've got people putting their lives, and I guarantee you right now, 90% of those cops would jump in front of a bullet for the people of New York City. And you're forgetting about them. You're forgetting about all the cops that have died. I've seen, I've been to too many cop funerals where they put their lives on the line for the New York public. Where is the New York public jumping out? Where is this city council, that little jerk there, the head of the city council, little more, no one understands this city, what you're dealing with. When you're dealing with the criminal element, out, they will kill you. They will kill you. And if there's no cops out there to protect you, you will die, yeah. and your family members are going to die. It's going to really hurt the minority community, ironically, uh, all this defund the police and, uh, and the disbanding the NYPD anti-crime unit, et cetera, et cetera. But, Bo, I have to ask you in the remaining moments, the Atlanta shooting, the Atlanta shooting of the dude who was uh, fell asleep yeah. in the Wendy's drive-thru. Oh. 
uh, with the taser. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, what I think about it, first of all, you know, I went through my career. I didn't kill anybody. I was hospitalized 30 times, stabbed, shot at point blank. Guy fires at me five times. He missed me. And uh, I, I put it this way. When he went back, to, he, he, made, he made the hospital before he went uh, into, uh, into, uh, into being arrested. As far as that goes, my problem with this whole thing is people don't realize who caused it. Those cops were so courteous to that man. I feel sorry for that man. He was a nice guy as far as I saw. And what happened was he made the situation happen when he fought with the cops. He was beating up two cops for trying to hold him. Then he pulls the taser away. He made his own, his own life there as far as I'm concerned. Do I want to see anybody die? No. But do I want to see people resist like that, punch cops, fight with cops? steal the, the taser who the hell knows and he, if you watch the video closely that taser goes off the taser goes off as he's running he turns around oh, what yeah. were the cops supposed to do and if he would have hit the cops with the taser that's fifty thousand volts they could that guy could have come taken the cop's gun and we could have had two dead cops that would have been okay that wouldn't have not made the newsreel mm, no two dead cops would have been fine another funeral right. and that's it all i can say is people have to understand the police are there to protect us and when a police officer tells you something, right or wrong, you just go along with it. If you have a problem after it, you make a complaint, you make a civilian complaint. But you've got to have some conformity when there's an officer there. There has to be respect on both sides. They were totally respectful to that man from the conversation in the car to when they were talking to him outside. The guy actually blew, intoxicated me. Uh, Bodino, what I would have done, I would have taken the keys and I would have said, listen to me, here's my number. Tell somebody from your family to call me. I'll give you the keys. Back. That's me. <laughs> right. But you want to know something? That's the difference between a lot of the cops that are out there. They go by the book and this guy violated the, that, that, those officers by fighting with them, resisting arrest. And that's what happens. It's a terrible tragedy. I feel for that man. I feel for the man in, in, in Minnesota. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, these are incidents. When you have 370 interactions, 370 million, million yeah. you're going to have some action. Now the problem is everything's on the video phone cameras, and everything is being projected like there's this mass thing right. by cops to kill people and kill blacks. No, you know who's killing blacks? Blacks are killing blacks That's right. in the community. 18 dead one day. Where was any yeah. outrage? Where was Nobody Don cares. I challenge Don Lemon, put me on a show, or Chris Como, put me on your show. I tried to get on CBS with Gail King, put me on your show. I could talk. I'd never killed nobody. So I'd walk the walk, and I could talk. And if you want to listen to facts, talk to the boat. Oh, there it is, the great Bo Deal. Was there terrific, he is. Bo. Fantastic. Excellent and, job, Bo. Excellent and, 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 job. And let's say again, we thank you for your service yes, all those years, doing what you did, yep. taking those risks, listen, putting yourself in danger. Yep. To be honest, the cops that are out there today face a lot more than I face. I faced the criminals. I went right into their nest. I went after gangs. I went after them. But today, the cops are facing their own police department. That's their biggest threat is the own police department mm. with no support. Now the DA's offices, these are these, these flunky district attorneys, including Cy Vance, all of a sudden, I try to prosecute. Guy tried to kill somebody, and they, they, they give him a ticket. Everything has been turned upside down. And you know what you're going to have soon? 911, you're going to call 
hi, you've reached 911, the emergency number. If you're being robbed, uh, leave your name and address. Within two to three business days, someone will get back. <laughs> that's what's going to uh, be that's happening. No, that's no joke. Oh, that's bad. Hey, listen, Bo, you were great again. We love you. Really, really great uh, appearance please this keep, morning. Thank keep you. speaking out. You guys have become the voice of New York City, the real voice of New York City. And like I said to the Deputy Police Commissioner, I will go before any city council or police group. You've got to listen to what the hell you're doing by dismantling anti-crime, the most effective part of crime fighting. And they can do the statistics all they want. I challenge them to do the statistics of what these anti-crimes did in the last 20 years. They changed New York from the crime-ridden city Absolutely. to the and that's it. Save lives. Thank you, Bo. Bo, excellent job. There he is, 740 here every Tuesday morning. The great Bo Deedle, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Great performance by appearance, I should say, by Bo. Coming up next hour, former New York Jet, Oakland Raider, and Los Angeles Raider Super Bowl champion defensive uh, back, Burgess and, Owens. And candidate for Congress in Utah. Yes, he is. That's How about right. that? How do you like that? Somewhere, Dennis Franz is really pissed off. Sipowitz. <laughs> NYPD Blue, one of the great uh, cop drama shows ever. Maybe the greatest. It's up there. Anyway, that was uh, New York Police Commissioner Dermot Shea. We played that at the very top of the program at 6.07 a.m. Back at 8.07 a.m., if you just missed Bo Deedle, he was great. And talking about just that, the NYPD disbanding their anti-crime unit, about 600 cops overall, plain clothes out there every day, uh, taking guns off the streets, involved in some of the more heinous crimes across uh, our communities. But um, listen, this is uh, this goes right into it, uh, exactly what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks, whether it's uh, Roger Goodell and Drew Brees and the National Football League, uh, other politicians, uh, celebrities, everybody seemingly caving and, um, and, and pandering to the, uh, to the George Floyd killing, and that's what this is. I mean, uh, remember, Daniel Pantaleo was actually one of these anti-crime unit plainclothes cops, and uh, he was blamed for the death of Eric Garner. They, they, they called it murder, whatever they called it. Oh, God. And uh, so he's one of those guys. So now, you know, you think of the anti-crime unit, you think of, oh, my God, that's Daniel Pantaleo, and he killed Eric Garner. And uh, even though thousands and thousands of cops do amazing work with that unit, put their lives on the line every day for many, many, many years. You heard Bo Deedle at 740. Go read Bernie Kerrick's Instagram today, a picture of him and two of his cop buddies back in 1986 that have been doing an amazing job on the force. And it all goes away because of the pandering, caving, cancel culture, if you will, Bernie, that we're living in today. Sydney, the uh, inmates are running the asylum. Oh, they're getting very, very close. Uh, this, was, uh, this was a unit, as Bo pointed out, and maybe I'll just uh, repeat it in my own words. These were the plainclothes cops who were actively on the scene. And you heard Dermot Shea, we're going to reassign them to uh, detective duties and uh, detective and other duties, which means they will not be proactive. They won't be on the scene, you know, high, you know the, so the, the criminals can't see them. If you have two guys in uniforms, as Bo pointed out, the guy's not going to commit the crime there. He's, he's going to do it somewhere else where there's no police. So if you have, uh, as Bo was, an undercover cop, the guy's going to go ahead and commit the crime, and you can catch him in the act. And so Dermot Shea says that, that, that part of the reason why it was disbanded 
was because of the disproportionate number of shootings this unit engaged in. Well, that's because they were engaged in actually stopping the crime. They were on the scene. You're right. Now the detectives will show up later with their notepads and try to, uh, then they'll go search for the criminal. I mean, instead of actively preventing the crime in progress. And that's that, That's the shame of it. And, of course, as I pointed out during, and Bo did as well, it is the minority communities where the most of the crimes are committed. They are, and the innocent people that live in those communities are the people that will suffer. All right. Now, more on news on the cops. There was a story that broke late last night, early this morning, that three police officers enjoyed shakes at one of my favorite burger joints. You know, I go there all the time. It's up by Columbia on 115 and Broadway. I will often make the 10-block walk back and forth because Danielle even gave love a, a Shake Shack burger. So do I. Uh, news late last night, early this morning, that three cops who drank milkshakes at a Midtown Shake Shack. Downtown. Downtown. Fulton and Broadway. Oh, oh really? Is that the one? Fulton and Broadway? Yep. I know that one very, very very well by the Wall Street stop. Very well. I uh, used to live right there in Hanover Square. Anyway, long story short, the, uh, they went to the hospital last night. But you're saying, Bernard, it was an accident, right? Well, the uh, Rodney Harrison, who is uh, part of the brass, uh, he put out a tweet about 5 o'clock this morning and said there was no criminality involved. The police did go back to the uh, Shake Shack after the cops were hospitalized, recovered a couple of the uh, cups uh, that they used, two of them, two out of the three, <clears throat> And uh, it did some investigation, and uh, apparently by 5 o'clock this morning, Rodney Harrison was satisfied that there was no criminality okay. involved. And I don't know which is worse. I mean, uh, if you're going to, if, the, if, if cleaning your, uh, your stuff involves getting bleach bleeding into the product, how many other people drank I, that stuff as right. well? That, that, that may be worse. It's, you know, it's kind of like the Chris Christie deal when uh, I actually asked the same question, what's worse? The fact that Chris Christie knew full well that his people were going to cause an, a, a huge traffic jam on the George Washington Bridge, or the fact that he's the quote-unquote coach of the team and had no idea what his own people were doing. They're both bad. Uh, I would Either say, way. In that case, I think I would go with the latter. You would go with the latter. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, what You can't anyway. micromanage everything. No, I guess you can. So the, uh, the Shake Shack story, I guess, is turning out to be non-criminal. There is some uh, reopening news, COVID-19. Now that the uh, the National Football League, we've got cases with both the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys. This has nothing to do with Drew Brees or Colin Kaepernick or the sellout that the commissioner, Roger Goodell, is. Positive cases. In fact, Dallas Cowboys superstar running back Ezekiel Elliott now has the COVID-19. Uh, with Houston and Dallas having all these cases and the NFL trying to start on time, September the 10th, that may pose an issue. But a bigger issue is that Ron DeSantis has now announced down in Miami, Florida, that Miami will slow down its complete reopening phase. I mean, they're still better than we are. Trust me when I tell you. Much my better. wife is in Boca right now, and she went out for dinner last night, sat in a Japanese restaurant and ate dinner, went to an ice cream shop afterwards, going for breakfast in a restaurant in Boca today. So they're actually living their lives down there, but Miami is going to slow down the reopening. Well, listen, the, the increase in cases, uh, these people, most, for, for the most part, will get the coronavirus and then get better. The same thing with the football players. They're all healthy young males. They're going to get the coronavirus and get better. And then we'll be that much closer to herd immunity. The uh, economy and the virus have to coexist. It can't be one or the other. You can't shut down because of the coronavirus because we know the collateral damage that it does is a lot worse than what the disease itself does. Unless, of course, you have comorbidities and, uh, or you're you know, 70 years old and you're out and about. 
uh, people can healthy people can get it and get better. They they do it all the time. It happens all the time. So no more panicking over the coronavirus and no more sh- shutting down because of it as well. And of course, uh, it's going to give this uh, this Il Duce uh, creep uh, Cuomo more reason to slow roll the opening. Well, you know, we don't want to go back to the old days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. I mean, this... He will. And he'll talk about Miami. He will definitely bring up Miami. As oh, a, he took a, a shot at uh, DeSantis yesterday. I know. Well, DeSantis kills him all the time. All the yeah, time. Yeah, good. He should. Then, because he killed, what, how many? How many old people? How many thousands? Well, over 6,000. I can tell you this, and you know this, I do two shows, sports shows down in South Florida every week. Andy Slater, he's on 6.40 a.m. every Thursday. And uh, the Greek, he's on 9.40 a.m. WINZ, the home of the Miami Dolphins, every Friday. And they're always telling me what they're saying down there. New Yorkers who either split their time between New York and Florida or have moved to Florida full time. Uh, how happy they are that Ron DeSantis is their governor now, as opposed to, if they were still here, Andrew Cuomo. So the New Yorkers down there know full well just how lucky they are. Well, look, the front page of the New York Post, uh, they have a picture of the Black Trans Lives Matter protest in Brooklyn. And I mean, I mean almost 10,000 people shoulder to shoulder. And they call it uh, sick hypocrisy is the headline. They, they point to that picture of the Black tra- Trans Lives Matters. This is fine. And another picture of uh, Trump supporters. This is dangerous. Or, or actually, th- these were the guys drinking on the street. This is dangerous. And it goes for the Trump supporters, too. They're doing it down in the Tulsa of, with that rally that's coming up on Saturday. But the subtitle is Liberals Media Cheer Protests, but say outdoor restaurants, bars are COVID risks. Mm-hmm. Sick hypocrisy, bingo, New York Post. Well, according to the governor, Andrew Cuomo, New Yorker, as to what you just talked about pertaining to that, are very upset that, you know, people are breaking rules and eating at restaurants. I told you about two restaurants, which I won't name, on Broadway, up by me, that are already serving people outside. And he talked about that exact topic, Bernard, ironically, just yesterday. Here's Andrew Cuomo 1 and 2. People send me texts and videos and pictures and they were sending me texts and videos of particular restaurants and bars at particular times we got over 25,000 complaints from people which is a very interesting phenomenon by the way we've never gotten 25,000 complaints sometimes when i say something really absurd but not even 25,000 people are concerned people are scared so now they see a business doing the wrong thing they snap a picture right everybody has a phone and a camera they snap a picture. They're doing complaints, 25,000 complaints. Some of them actually text them to me. So I made a few phone calls and said to restaurant owners, bar owners, what are you doing? Ay, ay, ay. I mean, the people of the state know what they did. They know the sacrifice they oh, made over 106 up, days to get that virus down. Shut this douchebag off. Come on. It's good, people. 25,000 people snitched on other people. Isn't that great? Isn't that great, Sammy the Bull? Hey, listen, they're all voluntarily going out there. They know the risks. The businesses are dying. They need to do something stupid. The state and the city are dying. The city in particular is dying. I know. Dying. I live in it. Every day there's another store where the actual sign of the store comes off. Right? They shut down in March. They still have the yeah. they still have the awnings with the name on the store. Every day I walk up and down Broadway and go, Oh my God, now that store's gone. Oh my god, now that store's gone. Now if you have a comorbidity, don't go out on St. Mark's place and have a beer in the crowd. See okay? what I'm saying? And if you do, you're gonna suffer the consequences. But we can't shut down. We have to open now. The hypocrisy has been exposed with the protests. It's over. It's done. 
Maybe John Katsimatidis can run for mayor and governor. At the same time, can you do that? No. Uh-oh. Maybe. He could pull it off. He's a, he's a miracle man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's also our boss. Uh, he is. You get right. it, folks? 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Still to come, big-time NFL defensive back drafted by the New York Jets back in 1973 out of the University of Miami. Went on to win a Super Bowl with the 1980 Oakland Raiders. Played with the Los Angeles Raiders in 1981. Very outspoken guy. He's on our side. He's on the right side. Burgess Owens coming up at 840. And uh, we'll take a short break and be right back on Bernie and Sid. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Yard, everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Van Halen building to a crescendo, but we don't have time. So uh, this uh, shooting down, uh, there's nothing funny about it. The shooting down in Atlanta was horrible. Atlanta, they burned down a Wendy's, a brilliant move on their part. They actually, uh, I believe they caught, it was a woman, they caught her on videotape. I think they arrested her. Either way, uh, it was quiet last night, but uh, that doesn't stop uh, politicians from trying to exploit a tragedy for political gain, cheap, cheap political points, and, of course, prospective vice presidential nominee Stacey Abrams, who still thinks she won the governor's race in uh, Georgia. Somebody's got to tell this lady, uh, you lost. You lost by a lot. Anyway, this is what she said about the Atlanta cop shooting. There's a legitimacy to this anger. There's a legitimacy to this outrage. A man was murdered because he was asleep in a drive-thru. Is that what it was, Stacey? Is that what it was? And then these are the people. Uh, this woman could very well. I mean, Joe Biden is under enormous pressure, not only to pick a woman, because he, 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 not, he, he stated that he would, but now because he said that, uh, you know, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Right. So now he's under pressure to pick a minority as well, because just to prove, again, and you add up all the, I've been playing these uh, clips that he, these racist clips of his from the years past. Yeah. And you ain't black. You ain't black, and uh, including that uh, Obama was the first articulate and clean politician that he's ever seen. Back in 2008, he said that, or 2007, it might have been either way. A million things he said. Just horrible. He's a liar. But he's under big pressure to, to maybe uh, pick a woman like Stacey Abrams. And that's what she says, that, uh, that the man was killed for sleeping in a drive-thru. And, of course, we know what happened. He resisted. He, he, tackled, right. he fought with the cops. Then he shot the taser at the cop. So, no, it was a little more uh, than uh, sleeping in a drive-thru, you liar. And that's what you have here. That's what you have. Flat-out lies. Flat-out lies from these people on the left. It's really sickening. Uh, you know what I love is uh, I see them on Fox News. They, for some, Not for some reason, for good reason. Uh, Hannity puts them, uh, they pits them against each other. And Dan Bongino pulls no punches when he goes up against Geraldo Rivera. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's an all-out war. But Bongino kicks his ass every time. He just he he beats him. him like a rag doll. Why does Geraldo keep doing that? Well, it's and, humiliating. And Geraldo, yeah, it is humiliating. And Geraldo gets genuinely uh, pissed, pissed off. off. He does. Yeah. He gets crazy. So but he it, can't find him. He's not inside the ring. And, and at this point, well, he would lose to that. Dan anyway. I mean, I mean, give me come a on. break. Right. Geraldo has, has seen his day. <laughs> yeah. And he's, you know, he's got, he, well, listen, I love Geraldo. He's got uh, problems. He Somebody botched an operation on his foot. I don't know if you know that, about 10 years ago. Yeah, I told you. I saw him uh, at uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s book signing, and he was walking with a cane. I'm like, what the hell happened yeah. to you? Yeah. No, he was around. You know, obviously, uh, he was here for years, and uh, 
He doesn't walk very, but he's a great guy. Look, so last night, Bongino and uh, Geraldo talking about the police shooting. It starts with uh, Geraldo, and then Bongino's on the phone. Take a listen. You never shoot a guy in the back. Now, you can hear on the tape, the cops say, he got my taser. So you're not going to argue that he had some other weapon. He's a drunk driver. He's running away with the taser. Where is he going to run? How far and is he going to run before driver. he runs out of steam? He's a drunk driver. You, you don't know Dan, what you're ahead. talking about. You have no idea what you're oh, talking about. You stop with the personal attacks, never, Dan. No, no. Really, you seriously. Have never been a police don't tell me I don't know what life. I'm talking about. I have eyes. Have I'm a citizen. Toronto. I've been around. You have never oh. walked a foot post or engaged in a foot pursuit in your entire life. Don't you dare be a I have spent right countless man, hours with cops. I did a special call, the first the special called Blacks no, no. and Blue. Down, Blacks and Blue, I did the special. I reported the special. <laughs> you know, it would be better if they were uh, in studio together. Well, they have been before. I know, but uh, at this point, I think it might come to blows. Did it once before No, come very, very close? No, for Geraldo's sake, no, it did not. Okay. No. But uh, it could because he, Geraldo still has the fire in the belly. He oh, still no thinks doubt. he's uh, you know he uh, forty years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, he, it, it would be uh, it wouldn't be a pretty scene. Well, Danny, he uh, and I like this guy Bongino, but he flies off the handle very quickly. I mean, very quickly. You it's- know, honestly, these days I find myself getting angrier and angrier at uh, the way things are going, uh, the, the the way the deck is stacked, and the, and, and uh, like for example, Stacey Abrams that bust out lie. That he was shot because he was he fell asleep in a uh, Wendy's drive-through. I mean, I get really, really angry. I never used to, but now it's like uh, I say, this is what I, I, I the, this country. November is going to make or break this country. Bottom line. I mean, it, it is that important. It's that these people are that bad, that crazy, that uh, hateful. Uh, they want to change this uh, whole country. I, I mean, it's it's an anti-capitalism insurrection is what it is. Forget about the hate Trump stuff. It's all about our way of life. And people like this are going to change it. And based on lies and, and of course, the outcome, the the socialist outcomes are always horrible. Always. History shows it uh, time and time again. So it's at this point, it's no joke. And so I'm down with Bongino in the anger. Uh, again, I never used to be, but this is dead serious. This is no joke right now. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. A guy that's on our side, a guy that, no, he was not sitting with Oprah Winfrey on uh, last Tuesday and Wednesday night. African-American male who uh, really believes that a lot of the stuff going on today is nonsense. Former great defensive back of the New York Jets, the Oakland Raiders, and the Los Angeles Raiders, our good friend Burgess Owens on the Bernie and Sid Show. He's coming up next. Burgess Owens, outspoken and great, one of our favorite people. What a decorated life this guy's had. Back to his uh, early days playing football at the University of Miami. One of the first three black players they ever had and ended up in the University of Miami Hall of Fame and the Orange Bowl's Ring of Honor. Great career there. Went to the Jets. First round, 13th overall. His rookie season, 1973, was the rookie of the year for the Jets. Led the Jets in picks five out of seven years. Was a great defensive back for the Jets. That's your name, Ethera. Was traded to the Raiders, where he won a Super Bowl in 1980. That great Super Bowl win over Ron Jaworski and the Eagles. Tom Flores and 
Marcus Allen, two touchdowns for Cliff Branch that day, the 80-yarder to Kenny King, and eventually retired as a Los Angeles Raider, where even in his last season, Burgess Owens led the club in interceptions. But maybe Burgess's best work has come after his very decorated and amazing football career as an entrepreneur and a speaker, and a guy, again, that uh, speaks the truth. We love him. Here he is, former New York Jet and a friend of the Bernie and Sid Show, Burgess Owens. Good morning, Burgess. Hey, guys. So looking forward to talking to you again. My goodness. By the way, you can wrap all that up by the most important thing, a, a, a proud American, big time, proud right. American. No right, doubt. no doubt. And that's why we you know, I even said there in, in your introduction, Burgess, uh, your finest work may have come after that legendary football career. But it is interesting. You grew up in the Deep South before you went to Miami. Again, one of the first three black players to ever play in Miami. And I went to Miami, too. We've got that in common, uh, Burgess. And, okay. when you were pl- okay. yeah, and when you were playing for the Jets, I was a Jet fan. But about the time you were growing up and went to Miami was about the time we were really ripping down the borders of segregation in this country. You knew as a young African-American male that it was not going to be easy. And yet, you know, you, you're the most rational person we can speak to about these issues today. But growing up as a kid in the Deep South, just for, for perspective, how difficult was that? Well, you know, and that's, that's the story that's not being told. Uh, because what happened is my, my, uh, my community, the black community, did what every single community does when it comes to this country. They just figured out this first of all, they had the freedom to go out and, and, and pursue their dreams. Uh, during that time, during the 40s, 50s, and 60s, because the, the black community had such a love for our country, was so entrepreneurial, had a real Christian base, they led our country in the growth of the middle class, men matriculated from college, uh, men committed to marriage over 70%, and we had the largest group of uh, entrepreneurs, over 40% of black Americans, were business owners. I mean, everywhere around us were business owners. And because of that, about 50 to 60% of black Americans were part of the middle class. That's the story. That's the part of the story. It's not told, and it's, 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 I, it bothers me because I saw what my great, my, what my, my parents, my grandparents did to command respect. They did a great job of it, and and we have uh, we have because of our educational system and the, and the ideology that resides there. That is not being told. It's a shame. So I'm, I'm glad to be able to tell that story and let Americans know that no, we were not a hapless, hopeless race. We were we were kicking butt. We were doing great things like all Americans do. And I'm just I'm just really proud to be part of a of a generation now. We're going to get that back. We're going to get that pride back. And this idea of being a victim is just it, it never was the American way. And my parents would be so embarrassed to, to see that's what our legacy is right now. Love your optimism, Burgess Owens. By the way, who's running for Congress in Utah for um, uh, this? Uh, Mia Love, she lost that, that congressional district by a hair. And Burgess Owens is running for that seat in Utah for Congress. Uh, what can people do to uh, help you out, uh, Burgess, uh, before well, I ask you a question? Go to my website. Thanks so much. For that. Go to my website, Burgess4Utah.com. You'll see information there, particularly because this is a very important seat. For all, for all that are listening, it's between one and three of must-have, of all the, I mean, the must-have to get our seat back. So the Democrats must have this seat to, to keep the House we must have the seat to, keep, to get our country back. So it doesn't matter where we are in the country. This is a national referendum. Go there. Support me any way you can. We, we, we're finishing our, our primary this month. Then we'll go against Bill McAdams. And once we win that, guys, we're going to have such a remarkable uh, 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 freshman class. It's going to really go out there and make, make our country very proud. Boy, sure. do we need that in, in a bad way. So, okay, uh, Burgess, uh, that, uh, Godspeed on that. But let me ask you, you, you mentioned your family. Now, you, we've had these uh, various discussions. Uh, Sid mentioned uh, Oprah Winfrey, Gail King. They have on what they call, quote-unquote, black thought leaders. 
but they don't have people like you speaking of from your perspective about the family, about the importance of having a dad and how that leads to uh, a disproportionate number of young black males committing crimes and therefore having these unfortunate exchanges with police. Uh, so do you tell us about the work ethic that you talk about, you've written about, that uh, your family has instilled in you? Yes, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, I can also highlight what our, where our real, uh, well, real, the real fight is in our country today. You see, that community I just talked about was one in which we were taught, of all things, respect. Respected our flag, loved our country. My dad was a World War II vet, a return to World War II vet. Uh, we respected women. We respect authority. Uh, all those things were taught. And what turned out our community upside down is the same group that's turning our country upside down. It's called elitists. We have black elitists, those are NAACPs, black mm-hmm. caucus. They can care less about, about, about out my community. Those same elitists, and, and elitism, by the way, is a totally colorblind. We have too many black and white elitists who care more about their power, their, 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 their prestige, their possibility, and they put our country last, and, and that's what we're seeing now. So, no, it was, it was, it was, it was a remarkable environment because we were taught respect. And, yeah. and that's why, uh, at, at the end of the day, we end up getting to the point where, uh, you know, we can, I can love, love my country because we realize we can start seeing each other the way Americans do, inside out, not outside in. That's our greatest strength, particularly as, as, uh, as, as middle class. Can I just say this one thing also as we go into this, this last phase, this phase of, of getting our economy back? We're about to see the true heroes, the front line, those who have always made our country great, and we can finally begin to identify them because they've been hidden. It's called the small business owner. Is those who get out there and take that risk. They, they see a vision. They have to struggle, and nobody knows about it. They, they fail. They get back up. That is the true uh, character of our nation, yep. and that is the, that's the engine that drives our middle class. So think, 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 think those are listening, those small business owners. Go for it, guys. Bring our economy, our economy back. And this time we're going to, to acknowledge, acknowledge it for sure because they, they truly are getting the work done for us. For Excellent sure. job. Former uh, NFL defensive back, New York Jet, Oakland Raider, Los Angeles Raider, Burgess Owens making a return visit here to the Bernie Institute. You know, Burgess, I've, I've had a lot of discussions with African-American folks. I've asked this question many times. Miami and here in New York, you know, do you accept uh, Al Sharpton as a legitimate voice for your community? And overwhelmingly, uh, African-Americans have told me no. Well, i got to ask you about Black Lives Matter. I know in this country right now, if you don't love Black Lives Matter, accept Black Lives Matter, especially if you're white like me, then you may get canceled. You may get into trouble. I don't care. I don't respect Black Lives Matter. I think they're a hateful group. I think they were formed by a bunch of hateful people. They have said things during their rallies from when we want, we want dead cops now and, and pigs in blankets, fry them like bacon and all these nasty things. They send out nasty pamphlets. I refuse to accept them as a peaceful, loving group out there to do good. And I'm white. You're a black man, Burgess. How do you feel about them? And you, you nailed it. And this is what I, what I'm, uh, I think our country needs to do. Uh, let's, let's take advantage of the fact we have Internet. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't take long to discover. These people are Marxists, the founders of Marxists. They hate the, the nuclear family. They hate capitalism. They hate our, our nation. They hate our culture. And they see hate. They, they truly are. They, they, this, and and, and if, I just, if you understand this, I believe in the law of seed and harvest. Go back to civil rights days and see what Martin Luther King did. The reason why it's such an impactful group because they loved, they brought, they, they brought together the best of people. Uh, they were all about forgiveness and all those things. This group is a is just the opposite. Their 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 seed is hate, and their fruit will be hate. And we need to understand and stand against these people. And, and for, if those white people are feeling guilty, that's the worst thing. If you want to feel guilty, don't do it on the, on the back of black people. 
Black people do not need to have folks who's sitting there and looking at his victims and, and, and dividing us and making us racist. We don't need that. Racism is the worst evil you can ever find. I don't care what color it is. And these Black Lives Matter people, by the way, they're well-funded. They will never give a cent to black lives. They're going to go in there and, and destroy these black owners, uh, business owners because they're anti-capitalist, and they will get their wealth, those who are run this thing, if they see this, this, this division around our country and have other countries believe that we're a racist country. So, no, they, they are it's an evil group. Understand that. We need to stand against them and have the guts Finally, say no. I mean, come on, guys. Let's not be bullied through this process. Right. Uh, 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 you have a lot of cowards out yeah. there, Burgess. You nailed that. Not I us. mean, a lot of people folding and just uh, mealy mouth, uh, just just embarrassing. Actually, uh, we're speaking with Burgess Owens, former New York Jet, but of course, congressional candidate for Utah's fourth congressional district. Very importantly, uh, Burgess, uh, uh, the, uh, Mitt Romney, he got two percent of the black vote. President Trump got 8% of the black vote. A recent poll showed that 15% of black males actually support President Trump. It seems like he's done a lot for the black community. Of course, it's ignored by the mainstream media. But uh, I I think he's going to do, he's going to exceed expectations amongst blacks in November. What do you think? Oh, man, you just nailed it. That's what's driving the left nuts. They're, They're finally losing they're, they're losing the black people. We're running off that plantation at a rate that they've never seen before. That's why they're so, so frantic. No, it went from, it went from 12, around 12% of black, black men that, for Canada Trump. We're now, the, one of the latest polls back in June, there's 41% of black Americans. This is Rasmussen. 41% of, of black Americans are treating toward President Trump because we want the same thing that all Americans want. We want life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And he gave that to us. For those who don't know, the lowest unemployment in the history of our country for blacks, Hispanics, Asians, women, veterans, teens, and the highest, the fastest growth of business ownership, black business ownership, 400% in two years. That's the American dream. So yeah, the left don't tell you that because they, they, when you have no God, you can lie and, and have no shame. And those mm-hmm. people yep. just want right now, they want power. So just know we're coming back strong. And we're going to be, I look forward to us being the difference to make sure that all Americans realize that every one of us, no matter what our color, wants to live the American dream. And President Trump is doing the best job I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm so thankful that he's our president, and I'm looking forward to another four years of, of just a great coming together once we get past this. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Trump 2020. Well said. 60 seconds to go, Burgess. Uh, president Trump, uh, obviously you're a huge fan, and meeting him must have been a big deal, obviously. But I would ask you this. Walking out of Coral Gables, Florida, when you arrive in New York as a rookie in 1973, and the first time you get together with your New York Jet football team and you see Joe Namath, <laughs> what were you feeling, pal? <laughs> Joe, Namath, uh, Joe Namath was a was man, to say the least. Uh, now he's, he's a great person. I've, I've, I've gotten to know him a little bit afterwards. I mean, he's just, uh, I'm just so happy for him that he's, he's found his space, he's found his voice. And uh, it was a great time to be in New York. Uh, thank goodness I had a chance, though, guys, to finish up my career winning. <laughs> right, right. You went to Oakland and Los Angeles. Cool yes. No, I know. You went from Namath to Plunkett. You won a Super Bowl and all that. By the way, Namath is a big Trump guy, too. Anyway, uh, Burgess, you, you were awesome today. Please 
Keep coming back. Thank you for and, the text. And let's ask the Anytime. audience, please Anytime, go, go, go to Burgess uh, Owens' website and uh, help him out running for Congress in uh, Utah. Please. And what is that website again, guys? Bur- Burgess for Utah. Burgess for Utah. And anytime, guys. Seriously, I love catching up with you guys. And I'll, I'll catch you when I get back to New York again. We'll we look forward That'd be to great. It. Bring you right inside studio. Continued success out there, Burgess. Keep talking. We love you, pal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you All right. Thank Take care, pal. All right. There he is. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Bodilo, great today. Burgess, someone's great today. And beat Bernie. Will Bernie be great today? We're about to find out. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Call now. Be the seventh caller at 800-848-WABC. If you think you can beat Bernie. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Yesterday is time to meet Bernie, something that we started yesterday on the program, and it was met with worldwide appeal. I must tell you that the amount of messages uh, I received and the station received were overwhelming. So for the folks out there that really enjoyed it, the good news is you'll get it again today and every day. At this time, 9.05, every weekday morning, your chance to beat the man, the effing man, Bernard <laughs> Arthur McGurk, out of the mean streets of, I don't know, somewhere in the Bronx, doesn't matter. Where is it again? It is uh, the Soundview section. The Soundview section. Monroe Houses, Monroe Projects, if you will. So while his buddies were out there, you know, dealing drugs and chasing uh, Hasidim through the the forest and the mountains, Bernie was reading, you know, uh, Wrinkle in Time. Well, I was doing both, actually. Oh, you did both? Yeah. A little encyclopedia, <laughs> a little uh, hooliganism. You know, I'll tell you, uh, watching Gravesend, I keep bringing it up because I, I, I just started watching it. And, of course, this is going to be my first real chance at a dramatic role in a big-time series. And it is a big-time series now on Amazon Prime. William DeMeo will join us on Thursday here at 920. Bo was in the episode I watched last night and, and Harvey Keitel and others. Anyway, so um, and uh, also Nikki Totoro. So they, they start episode three. The title of it is called Mezuzah. And the episode starts with a cute little Hasidic kid. He's got the payas and everything walking down the street. And the payas com- meaning? You know, the, the, the hair, the curls. Right, yeah, the sideburns, yeah. the curls. Correct, yeah. correct. So he walks up on a guy who's also a Hasid standing outside by his front gate. The mezuzah is what you put on the door. Very good. You kiss it. It's it good yes. luck, the whole thing, right? So... Make a long story short, this guy is stops that a question? That should be a question. I, I got one. Well, I'm not sure how that no, pertains to politics, but you, you would do yeah. great in Jewish, Jewish history for 100, please, Alex. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the, the elderly gentleman stops the young kid, and he says, Yeah, I know you. I know you're bar mitzvah. I know your friend. I was at his bar mitzvah. He, a little uh, conversation, and he goes, Hey, come inside. Go upstairs. Your uncle's up there, and he wants to give you a present. And the kid's like, No, no, I got to go home. I'm late. It's a little kid, maybe Gabriel's age, you know. Long story short, the kid listens to the guy out by the gate, goes upstairs, can't find anybody. The door slams, and you see the guy who was downstairs now inside the room. And a couple of scenes later, you actually see the Hussid guy dragging the half-naked body of this little kid in his living room. There was a story years ago, you may remember, in Brooklyn about a guy who was praying a Hasidic guy who was preying yeah, on little yeah. kids. A, a, a fairly young man, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Correct, and he had a lot of victims. Yep. So this is how episode three started last night. I was sick to my stomach, but the truth is it, uh, it, it did exist. Why so. they got to go there? You know what? They do a good job of everything. You name it. <laughs> the Italians, Lenny's Pizzeria, to, uh, which, of course, that was the pizzeria that John Travolta had a slice, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. There's a scene in there, which is great. 
uh, John's Deli, anything so, that has to do with Brooklyn, it, it's all over the place. Do you have the job yet? Or you do? I've you, got it. You have the job. He actually texted me yesterday, I've got a great role for you. And then um, I told him we would bring it up with Bo today. All right. And he's going to come on Thursday. You just want, so. This is like insurance to make sure you still have the job. You know what I'm saying, Bern? I hear you. Humming, you know what I'm, it's, it's the second time. The first time it's good. Let's do it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here is, you want to meet, uh, well, actually, we'll leave Bernie. We'll ask Bernie to leave first, right? Because the segment is oh, over in about three minutes. So, uh, Bernard, we're going to talk to you again in about eight minutes. I got to get out. Go go outside. Right. And what do you do during that? You do push-ups or how do you train your brain? Yeah, I go down in uh the studio there. But what do you do to get, get yourself all pumped up? I, like when you fought me, you were you know, doing push-ups and, and uh, dancing. Like what do you do to get your brain ready for this? I think i got to go to the bathroom. Okay, go yeah, make it do yeah, it. That's okay. Very good. I'll Thank see you. Later. Okay, there's Bye. Bernard McGrew. He'll be back in a little bit of time. Let's meet today's contestant, Tommy in Massachusetts. Very good yesterday. Today it's John from Scarsdale. Good morning, Johnny. Hey, good morning, Sid. How are you? How are you? I'm well, thank you. So what makes you think you're, um, you're, you're A, capable, and B, worthy of uh, beating Bernard McGrew today? Well, I don't know about worthy, but uh, I'm pretty well read, and uh, I listen to you guys, so I must be smart. There you go. That's a great answer. What do you do for a living, John? You got a job? I do have a job, but these days I'm actually concerned about actually revealing what I do, because you could get fired for that kind of thing. Now. Yeah, you probably shouldn't say it. I still ask every single time, but I shouldn't. You got a wife and kids, a whole family, all that good stuff? Absolutely. An amazing wife who's got a birthday coming up. Oh, wow. And, uh, you you want to wish her a happy birthday right now? You can say her name if you want to. Happy birthday to the wife who makes me uh, remind myself I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Wow. Is she listening right now? She's, yeah. She's okay, right cool. Here. Oh, yeah. she's right next to you. Okay, great. Yeah. And I'll show you, you sound like a super guy. You really do. A lovely man. Well, listen, I uh, wish you the best of luck in this endeavor. Bernie's very, very smart, but you sound like a very smart guy yourself. So good luck. Okay, John? Thank you, Sid. Play the music, Mike. It's Beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. On 77 WABC. All right, John, let's get right to it. Five questions. Yesterday, Bernie beat Tommy from Massachusetts. The final score was 4-3 to three in Bernie's favor. Here is your first question today, John, from Scarsdale. In what city was the Star Spangled Banner written? In what city? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to guess... I'll guess New York. Not a bad guess, but incorrect. We will give out the correct answer if, in fact, Bernard gets it wrong when he comes back into the game. All right, you're 0 for 1. That's fine. Four more to go. Here's question two, John, from Scarsdale. Name the two. There are two father-son combinations to be president. Two father-son combinations. One's very easy. Yeah, Adams and Bush. Oh, bang. Hey, how about that? How about that? Johnny and Scarsdale, great job. All right, you're 1 for 2 here. Let's go to question number three. You made that sound easy. Which tri-state city is former NYPD police commissioner Bernard Carrick born in? Which tri-state city was Bernie Carrick born in? Uh, let's see. Based on his accent, I'm thinking Long Island. Um, I guess it could be New Jersey, but... You don't answer uh, um, I'll say, um, you didn't I'll say Newark, Newark, Newark. I don't know. Oh, you grabbed that out of you. How about that? Newark, New Jersey, exactly right. 
two out of right. yeah, you go. got it right. You're you're actually you're uh, you've gotten two in a row, correct? Two out of three overall. You're off to you're doing very well here. Two more to go. Uh, question number four, John in Scarsdale. What is the middle name of former President Bill Clinton? Middle name. L.G. Jefferson. That is correct. Oh, look at this. John in Scarsdale. He is no joke. Three out of four. Now Bernard got four correct yesterday. Here's your chance to match. That winning total. Your fifth and final question, John, is this. What city is the capital of the great state of New Mexico? Santa Fe. Oh, my God. That is correct. Yes, uh, uh, the wrong button my uh, producer hit there first, but you are correct. Santa Fe is right. Congratulations, John. You, You got the first one wrong, and you rattled off four in a row correct. Four out of five. That is a tremendous job, John, from Scrosdale. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I just had to warm up. Okay. Well, listen, you got to stay on hold for now. And we're going to take a short break. We're going to bring Bernard back in. He's got to get all five correct to beat you. So you're in very, very good shape right now, John. Your, your wife, uh, happy birthday to be standing next to you. I'm sure is very, very proud. John from Scarsdale gets a four out of five. Can Bernie get them all right? We're going to find out next. All right, back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Bernard McGurk back in studio. Uh, John from Scarsdale, a very impressive run there. Did not get the first answer right, but wheeled off four consecutive uh, correct uh, answers in a row. Wow, really? Yes, he did. He Uh-oh. got four out of five. Uh-oh. Which uh, the pressure is on you to get all five to beat him. All right. I was remiss at the beginning of today's show. I did not say that uh, if, in fact, John beats you, Bernard, he'll win a $100 gift certificate, uh, cash, really. But... Um, he, um, you'd have to get three or less correct for him to do that. If you end up tied at four apiece, he does not win the gift certificate. And, of course, if you get all five correct, he loses anyway. So yesterday you beat Tommy by a final score of four to three. Today you'll need all five correct to win the game. Are you ready, Bernie? Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, the great Bernard McGurk. Here we go. Can we wait ten minutes? Let's wait ten minutes, okay? Uh, no, let's go ahead. You ready to go? Yeah. All right. You sure? Yeah, I'm ready. We, we can wait ten minutes? No, no. All go. right, here we go. John's on hold listening. Here's question number one, Bernard. In what city was the Star Spangled Banner written? What city, Bernie? What city? That's right. Uh, it was Maryland, for sure. It was, uh, obviously, was Fort McHenry, the War of 1812. And it was either uh, Annapolis or Baltimore. I'd have to go with uh, the city of Baltimore. That is correct. Nicely done. FYI, that was the one question that John from Scarsdale did not answer correctly. Ooh. He picked New York City. He got the next <laughs> New York four City. Right. Yes, he did. I can't laugh because uh, <laughs> still have four to go. You got to get all four but, right but to beat that, him. Yeah, then right. I'll uh, lay the hammer on. Uh, this one, I think you uh, you'll definitely get number two. Name the two father-son combinations to be president. Oh yes, uh, the Adams, the Adams family, and the uh, Bush family. Very good. Now, when you say the Adams family, you don't mean... In fact, here, how about this? Yeah. It was Washington's, Washington, Adams. I'll show off a little. Okay. Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, then Quincy Adams, then Jackson, then Martin Van Buren, and then a bunch of uh, losers up, oh, okay. up until uh, Lincoln. And, and then it was Bush uh, 41 in the 90s, uh, 88 to 92, and uh, Bush 43, 90, uh, excuse me, 2000 to 2000. Eight. No, no, no. 2008. Right. That's right. right exactly. Right. Yes. Obama uh, won it. Uh, yeah, yeah, won yeah, 2008. Right. Very good. Uh, but but uh, do I get any points for that? 92 to 2000, of course, was Bill Clinton. And that is uh, the next question. 
in between the two Bushes, Bill yeah. Clinton. What is the middle name of former president Bill Clinton? <laughs> I just mentioned it. The second, uh, actually the third president, his last name is the same as uh, Bill Clinton's middle name. And that is? Jefferson. That's right. Very good. Very good. Three for Moving three on so up, far. baby. Moving on up. Three for three. This, uh, See gentleman. what I did there? Uh, very good. Jefferson's a uh, very Thank excellent you. show. Uh, this uh, gentleman was on our show yesterday, so you should know this. Which tri-state city, Bernie, which tri-state city is former NYPD Police Commissioner Bernie Kerricks? Where was he born? Born in what tri-state city? Which city was... Yes, what tri-state city was former Commissioner Bernie Kerrick born in? But where was Bernie Kerrick born? Yeah. What the hell kind of question is that? I don't write the questions, Bernie. I'm, just, I'm like Wink Martindale. I just ask him. Bernie Kerrick. Uh, for what it's worth, John got this one right. Yeah, well. Although there is some controversy. I did get one text from somebody who said his wife is standing next to him, and they think she Googled it. Nah. But uh, we gave him credit, so. I mean, who the hell would know where Bernie Kerrick was born? Probably Bernie Kerrick, I would imagine. <laughs> Which tri-state city? So right. That could be Connecticut, New York, or New Jersey. Very Duh. good. Right, right. You have to answer. All right, well, take it easy. All right. I'm going to guess. Take a, I have guess. no, absolutely no clue. All right. This is a, this is a, I'm sure his wife Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with, uh, uh, well, his son is a police officer in the Newark Police Department. I will guess Newark. That is a, that is a total educated guess. I have absolutely no clue. I just remember his son was a, is a, is a newer cop. He talked about it yesterday. Roz Baraka doing such a great job with the protests. That is an incredible job by That's you. That's what you call an educated guess again. If not deducing on your part, and you are yeah, correct. Yeah, a little, little deduction. You are correct. So you've gotten all four right. That was the most difficult of all. Here's your chance, Bernie, to win for the second consecutive day and get a perfect score. You nervous? No. All right. John at Scarsdale, is he nervous? Let's ask him. Let's go back to line one here for a second. Johnny, uh, Bernie has answered all four correct. He gets this right. He beats you. If he doesn't, you end up in a, in a tie, which I think is actually pretty good for you. Why are you nervous, John? I'm a little nervous. All yeah. right, good. Stay there. That's what I want to hear. All right, here it is, Bernie. What city is the capital of the great state, former Imus Ranch, New Mexico? Uh, New Mexico. For a chance at the win. That's easy. All right. It ain't Albuquerque. No, it's not. No. In fact, uh, it's Hispanic. The name is uh, Santa Fe. And there it is. I tell you, I got to hand it to Bernie. Perfect score for Bernard today. Once again, proving he is the smartest. And beat Bernie is not an easy task. I swear to God. That was a t complete educated guy. No, I, Who I, would know where Bernie Kerrick was born? Like I said, Bernie. Uh, at any rate, you, uh, you beat Tommy from Massachusetts yesterday by getting four out of five. And today you had to get all five to beat John in Scarsdale. The pressure was on, but you nailed it. Hey, uh, let's go back to uh, John in Scarsdale, line one. Hey, John, that was a, a tremendous effort uh, by you today. And uh, I want to wish your, your wife a, an upcoming happy birthday. I want to say something to Bernie on the way out. Yeah, thank you, Bernie. Uh, amazing competition, and I just listen to you guys try to get smarter every day. Hey, John, that's very nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. And a good try, good run.
How did you know where Bernie Carrick was born? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, so when you said tri-state area, I knew it wasn't New York City, and I was trying to think, based on his accent, either New Jersey or Long Island, I couldn't come up with, I'm not from the New York area originally, so I couldn't you come know, up with he did any say city Jersey other than Newark. Yeah, No, you did a very uh, good uh, job. Uh, and uh, you know, John, I just believe you from listening to your voice that, that your wife didn't Google it. Right, no, he's an honest Good guy. job, great job, guy. John. Thank John, you. Uh, thank you very much Thanks for very playing much. today's game, and uh, again, happy birthday, upcoming birthday to your wife and you stay safe all right thank you guys too all right john from scarsdale well bernie there you go two for two feeling like a million bucks aren't you uh well i feel like a hundred bucks a <laughs> hundred dollar <laughs> gift certificate <laughs> do i get that you get well no you get a lot more actually uh, based upon what uh, they yeah, pay us <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah. all right listen uh, that'll wrap up the second edition of uh, beat bernie and uh, no one's been able to do it yet we'll find out Sydney tomorrow trebek <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow at 905 if in fact somebody out there can beat bernie there she is thank you on the bernie and sid show let me update you huh we are heard everywhere on the 77 wabc app what the hell's her name again? That would be Janice Joplin. Janice Joplin, of course. Of course. She, uh, like Jimi Hendrix. Same. She vomited and uh, choked on her own vomit. Same age, 27. What? Yeah, well, because she was high in heroin. I know, but that remember the book that Gene Simmons wrote, the uh, lead singer of Kiss? Yeah. Where he had that one number. Oh, right, right, They right. all died, and uh, Hendrix and Joplin were the same age. Both were formed at Woodstock. And, and, and the same with... Uh, What's his name from the Doors? Jim Morrison. Also the same age. I be, well, he died from the same thing. In other words, these... Oh, they all drug. They all do, the, the, uh, these OD. Heroin yeah. addicts, if they, yeah. they, they pass out on their backs, they stand a chance of, uh, you know, choking on their own vomit. That's nice. what happens. Terrible. It was a, an episode in Breaking Bad where... Yeah, where the girlfriend dies. Walter White, yeah, he, uh, he lets her. Yeah. In fact, he, I think he kind of positions her. He could roll. He, uh, he could have rolled her over. Right. He could have rolled her over and saved her life, but he let her vomit uh, with her head back on the pillow. I mean, it's a, an amazing, uh, an unbelievable uh, episode of, of Breaking Bad. Anyway, uh, listen, the number here, folks, is 1-800-848-9222. The president, he's going to give his, uh, well, he's going to have his first rally in, uh, on Saturday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. By the way, the capital of Oklahoma uh, would be, don't tell me, I know this actually. Yeah. It's not Tulsa, right? No. Norman, Oklahoma. No. That's where the school is. Don't call me Norman. Call uh, me Chubsy Ubsy. The capital of Oklahoma, I never knew capitals. Yeah. Uh, like the capitals it's are two. Stupid. Okay, this is, it's, it's two words. Two words. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's named after the state. Sooner. <laughs> Oklahoma City. Is that true? Yeah. I should have known that. I think so, I think capitals are stupid. Like like Albany should not be the capital of New York. Manhattan or Brooklyn should be the capital of New York, not Albany. It's stupid. Tallahassee yeah. is the capital of Florida. It should be Miami. Yeah, it's true. Right, I you. guess it's true. I mean, some of the big bigger cities should be the capitals. Look, right. uh, uh, well, it's it's like that throughout the country. There was a reason back in the day why they did what they did. I don't know what it is, but there was a reason. Look. Uh, the point is this, uh, they, they're trying to make a big deal that the president, by the way, they have an 18 to 20,000 uh, person venue, and they have one million requests to try to get to this uh, rally. One million requests speaks to the enthusiasm. Wow. You talk about the silent majority. People out there are jacked and pissed 
and they know a lot is at stake. Anyway, they're trying to COVID shame, as the president called it, him, uh, when, of course, nobody said boo about the protesters, the rioters, the looters, and all these people. And again, the uh, front page of the New York Post, you had the Black Lives, uh, Black Trans Lives Matters march in Brooklyn, where they had, it looks like almost 10,000 people standing shoulder to shoulder. Nobody says anything. Front page of the New York Post, sick hypocrisy. They show a picture of those people uh, packed, jammed together in Brooklyn, and they write, this is fine. And they have a picture right next to it, juxtaposed to it, uh, of people uh, and drinking by, in outdoor restaurants or next to, next to the restaurant, outdoors, bars. And they say, this is dangerous. The, the, the trans uh, lives uh, uh, march with those people packed together, thousands and thousands, and a few hundred people drinking on the streets, not that packed closely together. That's dangerous. Liberals media cheer protests but say outdoor restaurants, bars, and COVID risks are COVID risks. And again, the same thing with the Trump uh, rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All of a sudden, it's a big COVID risk to get people together like that. And the Governor Cuomo, this is another mutt, he's sitting there on the, uh, what they call now the Mario Cuomo Bridge. He named the bridge after, he used your taxpayer money. Thank God he got the bridge rebuilt. But we paid for it. We got it done. And he named it after Daddy, and the guy wouldn't even have his job as governor. He never held an honest job in his life if it wasn't for Daddy. Anyway, he's sitting there, and uh, he's, he's crowing about the progress New York made with the coronavirus. We are New York strong. What's the matter you? You idiot. And at, in the meantime, he killed, what, 8,000 uh, old people unnecessarily? Where was it 8,000? I think it was like six changed. Yeah, but, yeah, ah, yeah, probably yeah, 10, 10 know, grand. Is, yeah, probably 20,000. <laughs> but uh, the Ron DeSantis, of course, saved the lives of a lot of old people by doing the right thing, which is not having them forced back into nursing homes that couldn't accommodate them. Anyway, Cuomo resents that greatly. He knows the, the, uh, the comparison between him and DeSantis. So yesterday... On the bridge, he takes a shot at DeSantis. What other states did in the beginning when they're afraid of New Yorkers going there, they did a mandatory quarantine that if New Yorkers traveled to their state, they had to quarantine for two weeks. But it is just uh, a great point of irony that when we start this situation, the other states said, no, we don't want New Yorkers coming here. That's where we were. They wanted to blockade New York. The other states wanted to make sure no New Yorkers went to their state. Fast forward 106 days. We have the lowest infection rate. And my health officials are saying, we hope people from Florida don't come here. (laughs) So he's crowing about the lowest infection. So open the damn state up. The business is dying left and right. You, you, You absolute, you nitwit, you idiot, you stupid. What is wrong with this guy? Open the state. Tell the people with the comorbidities to stay home and reopen the damn state before it, 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 it never recovers. We're rapidly reaching that point. And this guy threatening people. Uh, oh, we're going to take roll back the uh, openings. I mean, it absolutely... He's, aye, he's, aye, aye. Forget de Blasio. If, if, if New York City turns into Detroit, we're going to put this guy's picture up to... Uh, he, he's going to be held responsible. Uh, this uh, Andrew Cuomo, this mutt, this guy who paroles... And, and uh, pardons cop killers, et cetera, et cetera. Now, speaking of uh, guys and, and panders to the radical lefts, the radical leftists out there, anarchy, all this stuff, he, you know, he's, he's paying homage to the protesters, the rioters, the uh, looters, all get out of prison because of his uh, no-cash bail. 
I mean, they, they, they looted, and they were out the same night. Before the cops got home that night, the ones that arrested them, they, these guys were home already sleeping in their beds, the looters. So out in uh, Seattle, of course, um, that, that could happen anywhere. This uh, seven-block area that they cordoned off, they called it Chaz. Now they call it CHOP. You know, uh, Capitol Hill occupied uh, property of some stupid moniker like that, some idiotic, uh, 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 idiotic uh, what do you call it? Anacron? No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, acronym. 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 Yeah. Anyway, this one guy, this CHOP resident, but listen to what he said. This is what we're dealing with. Well, this is what we're up against, this, this mentality. Listen to this guy. The only time that we are hurt is when we burn down. I think it's in white. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, okay. And white America doesn't want to get right, they're going to see more burning, more looting, because be equal. So the only time they listen to us is when we burn, shizzle down. And then it's one other guy in this stupid chop area. Uh, he says this. He, he lectures. These idiot white people are there. And they're just listening to this stuff. It's just an extension of the white people washing black people's feet. It's so embarrassing and humiliating. Anyway, listen to this uh, leader, this chop leader, making demands of the white people in the crowd. I want you to find by the end, by the time you leave this autonomous zone, I want you to give $10 to one African-American person from this autonomous zone. If that is a challenge for you then I'm unsure if you're in the right place. White people, I see you. I see every single one of you. And I remember your faces. I remember you, white people. Unbelievable. You, you cough up that $10. I'm coming for you. And they're like, yeah, woo, yeah. Stupid people. Jeez, Stupid people. people. are sick. And, uh, I mean, they're, everybody's afraid. afraid that apparently they are afraid to say something. They, they live there. I mean, it's. I mean, they, they probably. I don't know. I, they washing this guy's feet every night, or whoever the hell this this idiot was. And one of the leaders, the uh, inconvenient truth came up. Uh, he's, he had a history of homophobic tweets. One of the uh, leaders there, one of the warlords, as they call them. Now, of course, one of the tenets of this movement is defund the police, and you talked about it. Uh, defund the celebrities. You will have t-shirts, right. t-shirts made. Well. Well, I didn't actually. New York Yankee, former New York Yankee, Tanya Sturt did, but he's delivering it to us, and we will hand them out to our listeners. So the Democrats themselves can't agree on this. They're in complete disarray. You have the radicals versus the moderates. Same thing with uh, impeachment. Same thing with the Green New Deal. No different here. Here you have this South Carolina congressman. He's uh, an old black guy. An old, I guess he's an old civil rights leader. His name is Jim Clyburn. He helped Biden win South Carolina. Yes, he did. Which helped him uh, clinch uh, the nomination. Anyway, here's Clyburn and Elon Omar on defund the police. Nobody is going to defund the police. The fact of the matter is the police have a role to play. You can't really reform um, a department that that is rotten to to the root. The current infrastructure that exists as policing in our city um, should not exist anymore. So who do you think is going to win that battle? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Who wins all those battles? Yeah. It's the uh, the radicals, the yeah. crazies, the nuts, the, yeah. the, 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 the screwballs. And that's, again, who, who uh, Joe Biden panders to. Rosie is in Pinehurst, North Carolina. She has a great suggestion. Rosie, good morning to you. You're on the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning, guys. You're terrific. And your Beat Bernie game is going to be a great hit, I promise you. Oh, thank you for oh, that. Hey, are, you, are, you by the, uh, are you by the golf course? 
Oh, you bet your boots I am. You know, Rosie, I got to tell you, for me, quickly, before we get to your police uh, statement, one of the greatest moments in the history of golf uh-huh. was Payne Stewart making that long putt. He was actually killed in a plane crash a few years after that. you remember all that, Rosie? That was in Pinehurst. I'm old enough to remember it. And um, his statue was at the uh, Pinehurst Country Club. Oh, it's a, they, they have a statue for, for Payne there. I didn't even know that. Okay, wow. Yes, yeah, don't wow. let that out because who knows who's going to want to right. knock it off. Take it down. That's right. Be careful. It's a good point. But Thank you. Anyway, uh, I loved your idea this morning about the defund celebs shirt. Thank you. And I'm going to send you one. I'll send you one. Oh, good. I've been thinking about another one that I may have made. Um, instead of defund the police, get rid of the FU, put in FE, and you've got defend the police. Which Love it. Sounds Love so it. much better. You can, actually, you can actually just cross out the U on the right. shirt and right. put an E above it, and you've right. got it. Rosie, that is brilliant. I love it. That's absolutely brilliant. And defend. I'm going to get, I'm gonna get um, some made and... Um, for my grandson, of whom I'm very proud, he's a policeman on the NYPD in the Bronx. Wow. That's well, awesome. Well, we thank him for his service and you for being his mom and, and, and for calling us with that suggestion. Thank you. Thank you, Rosie. Well, let us go to Paul, who is in Manhattan right now. Good morning to you, Paul. Hey, Bernie. Sid, how you doing? Oh, he's, hey, in the, he's, he's in the Bronx. Good morning, Paul. Yeah. Can you guys call Cuomo? I'm, I'm on Sheridan Expressway in the Bronx. Yeah, right. Hey. The soccer field's there. There's a hundred Spanish guys playing soccer. Right <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to text Cuomo because I'd be a bigot if I did that. Yeah, you know? I'll do yeah. it. That's all right. All those South Americans playing soccer can't have that. Yeah, that doesn't fit the narrative. No, no. good. No, they got to be. Uh, they got to be white people having a good time. They that, can't. That's it. Can't be protesting, or you can't have people of color. None no, of that. No, 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 no snitching on. on any of those people. None of that. Uh, listen, Corey Zelnick, we've got a shirt for you. Yes, he uh, checks in, says hello. Loves the burning and sit show. Corey Zelnick, hold a T-shirt for me. You've got it. Back here. On the Bernie and Sid Show, everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Let's get in a few calls before we wrap up the show, Sydney. Uh, Tom is in Manhattan. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Bernie. Good morning, Sid. Hey, Tommy. Um, how are you? Yeah. Good, pal. Um, I got to tell you, you know, Bernie's spot on. Uh, if, if Trump loses, the country's finished. It's yeah. over. It, it, and it, I'm... I'm telling you from a bird's eye view from behind the wheel every day in this city for 30 years. Exactly. Uh, we we saw it firsthand here these past uh, couple of weeks, couple of months, actually, with the shutdown and the uh, the totalitarian uh, behavior, mentality on the part of our leftist officials. It's only getting worse. And they're siding with the criminal elements, the chaos, the anarchy. They don't have the onions to stand up to uh, those elements. And, yeah. We uh, Trump is our last best hope. After that, I mean, he he bought us four years. We're already already on the decline. It's gotten so much worse. He bought us four years, but uh, he's our last best hope. Joe is in the Jer- at, in the Jersey Shore at the Jersey Shore. I don't know, Joe. Where are you? In or at the Jersey Shore? <laughs> hey guys, what's up? I'm at the Jersey Shore. I All live right. down here. I like that. Listen, Bernie, class of '76, I'll pay. A pays and all its loyal men. I love it. We were what classmates. Class were what class were you? 75. All right. I was right there. 
Mrs. Santoraco, uh, Dean Ansaldi, Father McCormick. There you go, Dean Ansaldi. Oh, I know him. And uh, Sid, I'm in lovely Lakewood. You know oh, what that's all about. Uh, I, I do. It's a great, uh, great little town. Enjoy that. I wish I was there today. It's gorgeous. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. The Godfather, Cuomo. Why is he only worried about hanging out in Manhattan and the Hamptons? What about the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens? Well, that, that that's where the the uh, these big crowds seem to be gathering in the Hamptons and Manhattan more than the boroughs you just mentioned. Although I've seen. A lot of folks in Brooklyn. A lot. Excuse me. Sunday uh, alone, you had uh, about uh, at least 10,000 people shoulder, shoulder to shoulder in a, uh, a, a, a march. A every protest. night. Every night in Brooklyn. Okay. So because he's a hypocrite, Joe. He's a phony. He's a mutt. He's a creep. He's a one-sided uh, loser is what he is. Other than that, he's a good guy, though. What's that? Other than that, he, he Hey, listen. Now, Russ Salzberg's got a, a new podcast oh, out. Yeah. It's called Get a Load of This is the name of his podcast. But th- this particular title, it's great. The great American pastime is the great American waste time. Yeah, he's pissed. We talked about this yesterday, him and I. He was actually doing the podcast in the newsroom. And uh, a lot of people are very upset with Major League Baseball. Very what? upset. So you can check out Russ's podcast at uh, WABCradio.com or wherever you hear podcasts. Get a load of this, folks. Yeah, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, doing a 180 last week on ESPN. He guaranteed we'd have baseball in the summer of 2020. Yesterday, he said he doubts it. Anyway, Listen, we're done. Tomorrow, we have Newt Gingrich. We do. Newt Gingrich, and we also have former uh, NYPD police chief. And OED, Office of Emergency, OEM, Office of Emergency Management, oh, Joe? Chief Joe Esposito. Yeah, we love him. And he's Joe. not happy. He's not happy either? No, not at all. Okay, good. So uh, we like when they're unhappy. Uh, they they no. tend to be a better guest. He is a man's <laughs> man. He, this guy's a 9 yeah, he's cool. 11 hero. Yeah. He's uh, really a good guy. And he's a big fan of the show and loves you. So Joe Esposito, Newt Gingrich, and of course, Pete Bernie uh, tomorrow as well. That'll do it for today's edition. Going to thank uh, Bo Deedle. He was great today. Burgess Owens and uh, John in Scarsdale. Until tomorrow morning, everybody, enjoy yourself on this beautiful Tuesday in New York City. From all of us to all of you, peace! peace.